When I was young, I heard people preach about Jesus. Word was give to Caesar, what is Caesar's? I see the cool, I got my hustle on my shoulders. Jeje ni mulo men, ani Steady on my grind, I'm focused for many reasons. Been here a couple years and I'm prepping for more seasons. My girls, my mother, patience, but my mommy, you should see this. Word to Almighty Allah, because he sees this. He sees it all, what's above and what's beneath me. Lone ship amongst the wolves, and yet he sheets me. Automatically, Bobo Gumwadi can defeat me. Color stone levels, stress the hate that they need. Big up to all the girls I dated, whether you came to before I made it, that's the reason I get up on my ass and hustle like I never fucking made it. Hi, good evening. Yeah, evening. Yeah, please, we're waiting for um people to come in, you know, so. Okay, no problem. Yeah, thank you. Just, um, please just enjoy the music for now. Okay. Yeah. Morning and I'm yawning, the pillowcases warm, I should have been up, but my alarm didn't go off. My nightly dreams lately been tormenting me, I'm wrestling with stress and I'm feeling upside down like Diana Ross. I slide the covers to the side and throw on my sweats in the vest and I pray a blessing to calculate the cost. What do we give only to live in poverty? Probably be stuck in this jungle, fuck it, I go hop in the car. I know I'm headed out this bitch, so guess my family better be Good evening, good evening, everyone. Good evening, everyone. First of all, I want to say um uh happy new year to um everyone here because um we've not had this um since since Abu Dhabi, you know. So, um it's good um it's good for you all to join us here today, you know. Thank you for interacting with us. Thank you for supporting us. You know, we get DMs constantly and then people keep 
um, encouraging us, you know. So um, why I say us is because um, we are now a team, you know. So um, we now have um, a couple of people who um, run the um, page as well, you know. So um, also in the coming um, weeks, there will be um, a few developments. So um, um, we hope that you guys will um, like that. But um, while we're here at the moment, um, while we're here at the moment, please, um, we'll just um, start off with um, a few topics, you know. So I'll just go over the topics we'll be um, speaking about um, today, you know. First will be um, the review of, you know, um, the end of the 2021 season, you know, and how it... Um, um affected um or rather how it's carried on into the new year you know um which resulted in the um removal of michael marcy and then um the introduction of um the new um, virtual risk control you know so we'll also be discussing about um the different teams you know team principals moving you know contracts you know um as well as um, driver replacements, you know, also um, deliveries and um, of the new cars, as well as um, what, what we've um, witnessed so far in testing and um, further on our expectations and um, predictions for the 2022 season that begins um, a week from um, today. So, um, firstly, we'll... Um, Start with um the the review of the end of the twenty twenty one um season, which um most of us um know how um it ended, you know, for a certain um a certain um team, obviously um it was it was the fir- it was um the first time Max um Verstappen will win um the drivers world championship, you know. After um, years in F1, you know, and credit to Red Bull for having um, such a good car, you know. And um, for Mercedes as well, it wasn't a good end of the year for them, you know, um, because of how it ended, you know. And then, um, yeah, so we um, we'll just um, like to have... Um, you guys up here to um, just um, share your views and um, of first of all of your thoughts and how you felt after um, Abu Dhabi, you know, um, coming into the new year, you know, and um, well, like your thoughts on the removal of Michael Massey, you know, and um, the FI decision in taking so long to um, remove uh, Massey. So, um, it will start with um, Kube Toffee, because, um, yeah, you are the first to speak. So, and then, yeah, we'll go on like that. So, and then, please, um, if you are, feel free to um, request to speak, you know, and then, yeah. So, let's carry on, please. Okay. I'm Kube Toffee. That's my Twitter oh. username. I'm in Ghana currently. I stay in Ghana. So um, sorry, um, sorry, quickly. Um, one second, yeah. Um, I would okay. just like to add, um, please, if you are coming up to speak, can you 
um like um say your name and um please um whichever team you um support you know so that we can have a clear view or context of okay. where wherever you are making your point from you understand okay. yeah okay. so um, um this is for all um speakers please not just you specifically thank you oh, okay oh i personally i really like mercedes i support mercedes and not because of hamilton or those that it's because of russell i've been following him during his days at Williams Racing and his racecraft and all those stuff. And like, he's, he's my favorite. That's it. He's my favorite. And back to what you said about last year's race, I don't know what my, what Michael Massey did. Like, I just, right now, I just don't understand it till now. It's like, how do you ignore the rules? You clearly know the rules that you have to follow the safety car. And the safety car has to come at the end of the following lap. But you let the you let those five cars between Hamilton and Verstappen through, then you immediately ended the safety car. So him being removed was the perfect solution. He should have even been fine in addition. So he clearly overlooked the rules and ruled in favor of Verstappen and Red Bull. And I don't know whether they influenced him or not. So now I've I just can't understand. That's it. I just can't understand. Because clearly. Even I don't know, maybe you guys didn't watch, or maybe you guys watched. So once he made that decision, Toto will just call him and say that no, no, that isn't right. And he responded like we went to motor racing. And that that response was like total crap. So how you say you, you went for motor racing? Meanwhile, we have the rules that we are following, the rules that each team follows, the rules made by FIA to follow. That's once the safety car is seen, it will end in the following lap. You yeah. didn't follow. And you clearly know that Hamilton was on old ties, Verstappen was on new, new soft ties, and clearly it was going to be mismatched. But I, for one, my view was that maybe you should have reflected the, the race without one lap remaining. Reflect the race. Everything goes into the pit. Change for new ties. Take whatever you want. One lap shootout. Title decided. That would have been the perfect solution. Take off. You clearly know that one is at the disadvantage of ties, and also the in pace difference. Take off. Soft ties cannot like hard ties cannot match soft ties. In on pace difference, it can never be possible. So just reflect the race. One lap shootout from start to finish. That's all. That would have been the perfect solution for. For that controversy that he did, and him being fired was the perfect solution. So he clearly lost his integrity that day. I was watching the race that day. I didn't even go to church. So I wanted to see what will happen. So I skipped church. My mom was even complaining, but I just told her that I'll be doing something. I skipped church and I was watching the race from 12:30. That's Ghana time, 12:30. I was watching the race. Hamilton was 11 seconds, yeah, 11 seconds ahead. There's no way he was he was losing that day. Then, then Latifi accident happened. Safety safety flag, safety car, then things. That like that was a whole crap that happened. And because of what Massey did, so now having watched the Formula uh, One drive. Sorry, please, Kube, can you uh, round up? Because you know we have other speakers. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm going to round up. Of course. 
And right now, coming to into the this season, can I talk about coming to this season's topic? Can I talk about that? Um, no, we'll come. We are coming to that. This oh, okay. Massey oh, and um, yeah. review of last oh, okay. season. Oh, okay. Then I'm done. Take off. That's all that I have to say about Michael Massey and all those stuff that happened last season. All right. All right. Thank you. Um, please next. Can we have um Akpan, please? Yeah, hi everyone. Good evening. Um, my name is Etowoyen Akman. Um, I'm based in I'm based in Lagos, Nigeria. Um, I'm a fan of fair racing. Yes, that's what I'll say. I'm a fan of fair racing. That's the that's what I support. Okay, and, okay. Sorry, can I ask you uh, which driver is your favorite on the on track? Okay, uh, Lewis Hamilton. Okay, Mercedes, thank you very much. Carry However, on. I would like to stress that that doesn't prevent me from having ob- an objective view of, uh, of, of ongoings on the track and off track as well. But to be honest, I really don't want to say anything else about, uh, about the end, the sorry end of the 2000 and, uh, 2021 season. I've been in so many different spaces before this and, um, and, um, uh, and, and our meetings on Clubhouse where we've discussed this in in in, uh, in detail, and I think for me, I just want to leave it leave it be let, let it be in the past. Sometimes I try my I try very hard to you know delete that point from my from my brain that 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 event. I'm trying to remove it from my brain, like um, pretend it didn't happen because that was the height of incompetence but the problem is it's not just massy um uh i i i beg to differ when you say um sacking massy was uh, was the best solution that's not enough to be honest that's not enough getting massy off the team was not enough because it wasn't just massy now the truth is i can understand where the fi is coming from where the um, race director is coming from um i totally understand now the truth of the matter is let's face it formula one is a business it is a business and to make money in your business, you have to sell this property. So you have to sell this product. The product sells when there's hype, when there's um, uh, drama, when there's controversy. That's what sells this product. So yes, make it such that there's as much drama as possible. But the thing is, even if you're trying to create drama, there's um, there, there are certain rules that govern the, uh, the, the the running of any sport. Even if you're trying to create drama, you still need to follow these rules. And the fact is this, that last season, you didn't need to artificially create drama. That drama was there throughout the entire season. Like the previous speaker had said, if he had ended, if he had red flagged that race and had one a one lap shutout, that's that, that's more drama than you could ever imagine. That look, the two guys, the the the, the top two guys are going um, after what twenty one races, twenty one events throughout the year. It boils down to just one lap, one lap shootout. That's as much drama as you could as been, and that doesn't defy any of the rules. So I still don't get why he would, um, why the FI. Like I said, it's not Massey. Massey isn't the problem. It's the entire FIA that has lost credibility. Massey was just the scapegoat, and they've thrown him under the bus. Unfortunately, he is the poster boy for um, bad um, for bad uh, governance. That's what that's what happened to Massey there. But um, but moving forward, yeah, you fired Massey, you brought in this um, to uh, to other guys, and I I, I totally understand, I, I totally respect their um, 
I totally respect their uh, pedigree, but you see, it wasn't the race director that was the problem. It was FIA trying to conjure um, drama. And like I said, you don't need, for it's, for a season like that, you really don't need to artificially conjure drama. I don't just watch Formula 1. I watch um, the, a lot of different disciplines in motorsports. And, and last season in MotoGP, uh, that's two-wheeled racing, in MotoGP, that was the most one of the most dramatic seasons we've ever seen. And there was no such interference from, from race direction. I, uh, I personally feel that the FIA hasn't done enough to regain credibility. Um, I, I mean, because, because I'm a huge fan, I've been a fan of, been watching Formula 1 since I was, what, like nine or ten years old. Um, I'm a huge fan of the sport, and, because, and this isn't going to make me uh, stop watching but I won't lie, I've lost a lot of credibility in the, uh, in the governance of the sport. Now, it's not just about lack of, um, the, uh, lack of cred- uh, credibility. It's about how they fail to take responsibility for it. It took so long for them to actually uh, do something about it, make, a, uh, make an announcement based on, on, on their findings. I think it was too long and they've done too little for it, uh, little about it. Now, I don't expect them to go back to the um, go back to the Abu Dhabi race and cancel the race or restate the um, the restate the the um, the race. Uh, but it's a long time for the um, FIA to be able to regain the conf- the confidence from viewers that they. Uh, uh, they actually have lost a lot of uh, confidence uh, and a lot of credibility. It's going to take a while for them to do it. They can start this season, moving into this new season. They can start by actually implementing the right things, doing the right things right now. And having said that, yeah, um, so Hamilton was robbed of a, t- a, a title. I know we are yet to go into this bit, but I have to say this right now. Hamilton was robbed of a title of his eighth um, title at the end of last season. Just wait till the end of this season. That's all I have to say about that. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, um, Lulu, I would say you should go next, but let's hear from a Red Bull um, fan. So um, I'll say um, um, Asua Ju Joseph, please, if you would like to um, go next, because it seems you're you're a big Honor fan. Yo, can you guys hear me? Yes, please. Okay, um, my name is Ore, and yeah, I'm a very, very big Red Bull fan. Not, I'm not, if I'm not a big fan of Christian Ona, I'm a fan of Max. I'm a very, very big Max fan. So, first of all, I agree that Lewis was absolutely robbed last season. Like, there's no, there's no denying that. But personally, do I care? Uh, nah, I don't care. And do I think he deserves to be robbed? Yes. Um, and with the wonder, oh, maybe like there was collusion and like there was intention on purpose. Like, I don't, I don't think that was it. I think it was just Michael Massey being, being under a lot of pressure to make a decision quickly. And he made the decision that at the end of the day, the only person, the only person that benefited was Max and 
that's why it seems like oh maybe like Red Bull and the FIA or like everybody did not want to do with Turin. But at the end of the day, Michael Masi just put himself in a place where he made a decision where he could not defend himself and he just made a decision that there was just only one beneficiary out of 20 people because at the end of the day, even the guys that were like third, fourth, that they had rap cars between them, they couldn't fight to even like pass marks or something. So we all know then that, oh yeah, Lewis was cheated. So that is just a conversation that has come, it has gone. The FIA, they've already found a scapegoat that, oh yeah, it was Michael Massey that fucked up. And I also agree that it was Michael Massey that fucked up. So with last season, I just know that, oh yeah. But then, the only reason why I don't, I don't really care is because I know that the only reason why you went to Abu Dhabi is because things happened that were above, above Max's power. Like, there were two races in a row where Mercedes fucked up his race. And if he had gotten second, second in those races, that's 36 points. There's please, no uh, please, all right, could you um, specify like um, the races? Silverstone and Hungary, Butas and Lewis. So if you had gotten yeah. second, second in those races, that's 36 points. So there's no point for us to be. But then at the end of the day, that is if, 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 if. But then he got to Abu Dhabi. Lewis was absolutely beating him. Like there was no. There was no discussion. That was Gubi's race. And Chris, like Christianona said, we needed a miracle and it happened. So I've just accepted that, oh, this is Max's first of many that will forever be spoken about that. Oh, yeah. Because I know Max will still win more. I'm not I'm not bothered about that. But this is just one championship that will be spoken about. It was Michael Massey's fault. It was Michael Massey's fault, which is true because Gubi's already had that race. There's no, there's no denying that. So we were lucky. But I don't think he was. That's why why I say we were lucky is because I genuinely do not believe anything then was done on purpose. It was just Michael Massey just making the decision that was very, very stupid. And Lewis was absolutely like, nah, there's no there's no discussing it. But I don't care about Lewis. So it's none of my business about that. All right, then. Thank you very much. Um, can we please um, go to um, Lulu, please, on this um, topic? Hi everyone. Uh, I hope you're well. Happy New Year. Um, Happy New Year I've, I've, I've heard some really interesting takes about how Abu Dhabi panned out and um, all of that. Um, it's interesting to hear a Red Bull fan finally allude to the fact that Lewis was robbed. I think it spells uh, good tidings for the world and for Nigeria, to be fair. Um, also, for me, I think the major thing is, I mean, for those of us that have watched uh, Drive to Survive, you would argue that Christian Horner, one way or the other, had like an agenda against Lewis, which was obviously something that, you know, permeated different levels in the paddock, which obviously probably led to what Massey did eventually. Um, also, I'm of the opinion that, again, I think someone tweeted it, and I think, I'm not sure if I retweeted it or something, but I honestly feel that Christian Horner is obsessed with Lewis, and there's a part of him that wishes he could exchange Lewis for Max till tomorrow, but then we all know that's never going to happen. So that's aside. Um, I think Abu Dhabi in itself was, for, for lack of a better term, forgive my French, was a shit show, and essentially because... FIA and Formula One in general have rules and standards that the sport is governed by. You cannot 
out of convenience, close your eyes on the very rules that you are, you know, a custodian of, if that's the word. And again, this would, in my own opinion, would be as a result of what had happened over the season, you know, where Christian Horner was saying stuff about the fact that they've never really had a challenge, talking to people like Pierre Gasly to keep Lewis behind and all of that. All of these things were instigative and like it or not, they played a role. Be it small, be it big, be it infinitesimal, the truth is it played a role. And the height of the role that it played, in my opinion, was what happened with Malcolm Assey. That said, like uh, my brother um, said, I can't remember his name now. Uh, he said something about you know the credibility of uh, Formula One. I think they haven't done enough. I think just changing the head and having virtual whatever, whatever to govern the sport is sort of like having VAR for football, which I think might slow down the processes or decision-making in the sport, which I honestly think is not something that would do us a lot of good. I mean, it remains to be seen how they choose to apply it. But if how VAR works with football is anything to go by, you realize that for a sport that we love that's as fast as it is, there may be a few commas and semicolons that may not make a lot of people happy. Um, the credibility of the sport needs to be won back. How they're going to do it, I don't know. Um, obviously, there's new governance, there's a new person in charge, and what that would spell, again, we don't know. The next race or the first race of the season is in Bahrain. I imagine that there will be a lot of talk ahead of that from an administrative perspective. So better fine-tune what they think, <clears throat> excuse me, what they think the governance for Formula One should be in 2022 going forward. For Malcolm Massey, um, I've, never, I've never ever heard of anyone put in a position as major as that to be so spineless. And again, I think he was influenced. I'm sure he has like a truckload of Red Bull supply till he dies. And um, to be fair, I don't think he's, even if he had done a lot for the sport before, which I doubt he had, I think that singular act in Abu Dhabi has tainted whatever it is that he may have done for, for Formula One. Um, they say, the FIA have said that they'll find a role for him, but I won't be too surprised if he's mopping floors at Monaco this year. As for 2022, I would leave my thoughts to when we get there. Thank you. Okay. Thank you very much, um, Lulu. So, um, please, yeah, I know um, there are so many people I'm requesting. So, um, I would say let's um, spend about um, three minutes on um, each person talking, you know, so we can get through as many people, you know. So, um, please, um, um, Ayo next, please. Ayo and then um, Fatima, please, in that order. Thank you. Hello, good evening, everyone. I hope you can hear me. My network is kind of bad. Um, can you all hear me, please? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Okay, so um, my name is Ayo, and I'm speaking from Abuja. So, um, obviously, Abu Dhabi was a shoot show. Um, um, Ayo, and... quickly, um, yes, let us know the team you support. Yeah. Okay, so I rep um, Mercedes and Louis, obviously. Dress all next. <laughs> Okay, so um, I think um, Abu Dhabi hit me so hard that I went to work the following day and my boss was like, Guy, are you okay? <laughs> yeah, that was how hard you know, it hit me. So it was a really, really, really you know, pinpoint experience, which I've tried to move on you know, past. But still yet, you're, you know, you're, it's like you're reopen, 
be opening fresh wounds right now, but you know, we're going to move past it next week is and it's the beginning of a new season, you know, for us. So um the first speaker said something about you know the red flag. I don't really agree with it. There was no reason to bring out a red flag because you weren't, you know, racing. Okay, so what's the point? You it's like you know, being artificial again. You could have, you know, Massey could have just followed the rules. Let the race go, you know, the way it was supposed to go. Not, you know, saying, oh, we want um, drama, bring it, bring it out, you know, a re you know, a red flag because, you know, a safety car happened, which was not supposed to bring out a red flag. So I don't agree with the, you know, that um, line of thought whereby, you know, a red flag should have been brought in. So, yeah, I think, you know, we're going to have a good season this, you know, um, year. I'm not going to talk about 2020, 2021 anymore because, like I said, it's, you know, it's too raw. It's too very painful for me. Yeah, so uh, I hope, you know, Lewis does well, Mercedes does well. And, you know, hopefully we have a very, very good season again. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you very much, Ayo. Thank you for yeah. speaking to the time um, limit as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fatima, please. Hi, guys. Okay, I think for, for me, 2021 was a different story first from the time I started watching Formula One. <clears throat> I think it was drama in its entirety from testing where everybody felt Red Bull had a better car up until the first race and until the last. Uh, the last one took its toll on me. I was really sad. I even almost sworn that I would not watch Formula One anymore, but I'm shamelessly back here. <laughs> So it's for me, like everyone has said, and I think there's a consensus already, or it's a general note, except anybody that wants to be hypocritical to themselves. It was a wrong decision making. It was a wrong call. There was, there's nothing to justify it at all. I enjoyed the drama from the beginning. It's been long. We've had two great drivers coming on same points till the final race. Hamilton has mostly won its three races, four races to the end of the season. And it was nice to have it this competitive, even with other rookies, with the three rookies that came in and the, and the likes. So for me, I'm hopeful that 2022 will be much coordinated. I'm also hoping that the investigation reports from FIA before the Bahrain race starts would make sense. I know definitely they won't be able to go back to cancel the race or make any precise significant change. And as most people have said, it's going to be a struggle to pick up the credibility of the sports because a lot of viewers actually watched this last race in Abu Dhabi and we gained a lot of fans. It was just sad that it was that kind of incident that most people met at in F1, as is always not known to be that way. For me, I'm hopeful that 2022 would be promising. I'm a Mercedes fan, but I'm, I'm very much excited about what Ferrari is bringing on the table. For me, they have the best aesthetics in car. Then I think Aston Martin's before Mercedes. For me, it's been nice. Um, I'm looking forward to a cooler and more dramatic 2022 with sticking to the rules. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Can we have um, Hero, please? All right. Hi, guys. Um, my name is Olamide, and um, I'm a long-time Mercedes fan. Um, I actually live in Abu Dhabi, and what's the from the tail end of the race of last year, um, the thing I could... You could tell 
for amongst the locals and amongst the people that lived here was that um, it left a bad, like I said last year, it left a bad taste in everyone's mouth. And um, to be honest, and personally, I know a lot of people within my my own circle that kind of keep, kept away from Formula One because you didn't, you didn't really sit right with a lot of people. And um, I remember last year, a lot of people were talking to the parity of the sport. And I don't understand how anyone can think that the events that happened towards the last, the last two laps of last year were were in anywhere fair in any way, shape or form. Uh, Michael Massey is the poster child of the FIA's incompetency as usual and he took the brunt of everything and the bullshit report that we're expecting next week is going to come out and it's going to be absolute nonsense as usual but um the one thing i do know and i watched a couple of episodes of the draft to survive for this for this season was that it wasn't just michael massey and those people that were kind of leaning towards Max Verstappen and the Red Bull team winning, but it was also the media personalities, people that you expected to be impartial. You could tell from Will Boxing, from Jenny Go, all of those people were they were literally they were skewed in their in their opinions about what was supposed to happen, which I didn't think was right. But I guess everyone was looking for a good story and looking for a good show. But it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, it's happened. It's happened. Um, we look forward to the new year, and I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to see some old faces, some faces I've kept in mind from last year, from the end of last year, and we'll see what is going to go down this year. And I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that the new regulations, people, Mercedes, in anyway, in just even just a little way, so that at least with Red Bull's performance, we'll see something a good show. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, so, um, let's, um, uh, quickly have, um, Sarah, then, um, baby, then we move on to the next, um, topic, please. And then, um, please, if I've, um, brought you down, it's just so that I can, um, have other people up to speak and then, um, yeah. So, um, uh, okay. So let's have, um, baby speak next, please. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, please. Oh, hi. Um, yeah. So, um, I think a lot of people have said what um, what I was gonna say. So, um, if it's not obvious, I'm a Mercedes fan and a Lewis fan. Um, we kind of all saw what happened at the end of last year, and it wasn't fair. It wasn't right. I think for me, um, what I struggled with with most was the lack of outrage from the right people, because I felt like the outrage was mostly coming from the fans, but like the the IRA people in the F1 community were not as, as irresponsive as I was expecting them to be. And I think the conclusion that I came to was, I think it was because Lewis had won so many previously. So I think a lot of people were not, I don't know, I think they were not too, they didn't want to change the results. They were not really fighting for him like I expected them to. I think if it had been, I don't know, maybe someone like Charles or Rossu that had been in the position that Lewis had been, I think there would have been more more reaction or a kind of change of decision made. But I think because Lewis had won so many, a lot of people in the F1 community wanted a different winner. You know, it was it was very obvious that people were like, oh, we're kind of sick of this guy now. We want someone new. So I think that really, really played into 
the way the results and the way Abu Dhabi played out. So, but hopefully this season you have to keep positive and look forward. So hopefully this season we have two new race directors. I hope Mercedes has a great car because testing is not looking that positive, but a lot of people say they're sandbagging. So (laughs) fingers crossed they're actually sandbagging. So um, hopefully we get a great season this year and I really hope um, Lewis gets his title. So yeah. Thank you. Let me speak. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, So now we'll be moving. We'll be moving on to um, the next topic, which is um, the various teams. So we'll be starting from the back of the grid, which has had um, the most drama in in the last um, recent weeks, which is um, Haas. You know, so. Um, a, a big um, shout out to the people um, in Ukraine. It's really sad to see what's going on there, you know. So, um, and to our brothers that who, who have gone there and um, are in such um, precarious positions, we hope that um, brothers and sisters, um, basically, we hope that um, you find refuge in a good place. So, yeah. Uh, moving on, um, Mazepin, who has been um, in the news recently, you know, has um, recently just um, left um, Haas, you know. So, um, and then um, we've had his replacement, you know, um, K-Mag, you know. So it's good to see um, K-Mag um, back in Haas, you know, after a year, you know. So um, can you guys um, share your thoughts on... Um, what you what at least at least you expect um from um having K-Mag back in the car at least now has has an experienced driver, you know, to partner with um a talented uh, Mick in my opinion. So um how do you guys um see has and um what they tend to achieve this season based on they've been working um with um working on the car for a longer period of time, you know, almost two years. So um please um raise your hand up. Okay, so we'll start with um Lulu, then um yeah. Then F1. Raise your hand up if you are interested, please. Yeah, F1 are you there? I'm so sorry, so just quoting like this, yeah. Um sorry, yeah. yeah. Um, please just um raise your hand up um and then we'll come to you, please. Okay, okay. Yeah. Thank you. All right. um, So for Haas, I think the first thing is I wonder what, you know, Eurocali's withdrawal will do for them money-wise this year. Um, Obviously, it's never nice to see um, people lose their jobs. And for someone that, you know, is Mazepin and his dad, obviously with the role that they played, um, it's a bit weird. Um, But Kevin Magnussen, obviously, is a really, really good driver. he had really good times. I think they have a really good package. Um, but what I what I think might be their downfall this season would be reliability, which is something that it seems as though they focused on in the last couple of days for um, testing. Uh, with Guanju, I hope I got his name right. Um, I haven't seen much of him, so I can't really say. But you get the feeling that Haas would nick a few interesting points especially with the circuits that have like really good um, overtaking possibilities where you could actually 
have a lot of undercuts. I think they would nick a few points there. Uh, there's no doubt in Kevin's talent, even though I have a problem with the quote um, about him and God. That was a bit upsetting. But aside that, um, I think he'll be a really interesting time for them. Um, would they would they finish at the end? I think they will still be at the bottom, bar any shocking happenings. But I expect that they would nick a few points in places that would surprise all of us. So all the best to them. All right. Thank you so much. Um, can we have... Um... Abdul um, next. And then um, please, if you want to um, speak on this topic, please just uh, um, raise your hand up and then um, um, we'll um, come to you, please. Um, Abdul, please. Okay. Um, hi. Good evening, everybody. I'm Abdul Latif, a Red Bull fan from Abuja here. Good so evening. for us, it's very, very interesting how... Um, Mazepin lost his seat. I mean, I feel bad. I felt bad for him. I felt bad for him. And um, well, I felt bad for him, but because he lost the seat, not because of his own doing, but because of what's happening in the world and everything. But for us, it's uh, Abdul. I think we've lost you. Abdulatif, I think we've lost you. Um, okay, Abdulatif, we'll come back to you. No, we can't hear you. Okay, we'll come back to you. Let's have um, Abdul Gaffar, please. Hi, good evening, everybody. <laughs> it is good to be back. Um, yeah, about us, uh, it's quite unfortunate how Mazepin lost the seat. It is it, not the best of drivers, and personally, I don't like him that much, but it's, it's unfortunate that he's just a victim of the situations around him. And, yeah, he had absolutely no control over it. Uh, Haas performance-wise, yes. I, I think with what I've read in a couple of places and a couple of tweets I've seen, yes, they have a car that might do well. Maybe put them in the mid midfield battle this season. Who knows? Well, I feel maybe their struggles this year will probably come away from the circuits because um, the sponsor they let go will not <laughs> go away easily. Uh, the fact that they just cancelled all those contracts, you know, I, I don't know, just as <laughs> as a reaction to what is happening in Ukraine, obviously, but it's still at the end of the day, there are still laws guiding all these things. So, yeah, personally, I feel that difficulties will come away from come away from the circuits this year. Well, it depends. <laughs> Let's see how it goes. F1, are you still here? Oh, sorry. I was on mute myself. Sorry. Um, Famo, can we have you up to speak, please? Yeah, no problem. I really want to say a lot about the last two people. Since we're moving on from that, I'll just move on from it. Anyway. Okay. Sorry yeah, about that. Yeah, it's okay. In terms of um, Haas and this season, I feel so bad for them because I know they're one of the teams that have, like, given up, like, two seasons ago, like, sacrificed everything just to make sure, like, this new era is for them. And they're like, 
investing for this new era and they totally forgot like the um end of the hybrid era just to sacrifice everything for this era so it's quite sad like they're getting into this kind of trouble and in terms of um they get yeah to be honest i feel like if it was a driver with the talent of like george russell or maybe lando norris they wouldn't necessarily end this contract you know I just feel like he's a, he's already a shitty driver. Nobody really likes him. So it's just really an excuse to get him out of the team, you know? Like, it was that simple. Like, if you watch Drive to Survive, too, you can see that he's one of those um he's one of those rich boys. And when I say rich boys, like, they grow up rich, so they have a sense of entitlement, unfortunately. And I'm not speaking um in terms of, like, anybody or anything. I'm just saying, like, nine out of ten times, those are, like, rich, rich oligarchs end up. So yeah, I don't I don't feel like he had anything to do with with whatever is happening in Russia. I just feel like it was an excuse to finally get the boy out of F1 because truth be told, he was probably the worst driver on the grid already, you know? And they wanted him out. So once the opportunity came, he just took on to it. If it was a driver like George Russell, trust me, they would try every single thing to keep the kid. Every single thing. But if someone is not worth saving, why save him in the first place? You know, so there's nothing much to deep there. And to be honest, I, I actually like Kevin Magnussen, you know, so I'm glad to see his face back in F1. So that's just the reality of the situation, to be honest. So let's not feel like it's, it's like totally because of what's happening in Russia and feel sorry for the kid. No, he's a shitty driver. Like, I won't say he does not deserve to be there. Everybody deserves to be there at the end of the day. But if they don't feel like he's worth saving, why save him? Yeah, it's as simple as that. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much for that input. Can we have um, Jibola, please? Uh, All right. Hi. Good evening. Yes. Uh, it's great to be back. It's been quite a while. Okay. Um. So for Haas, I think it's quite hilarious how K-Mag is back. Because if I remember well, when he was out, he spoke a lot of smack about like F1 and how he wouldn't want to come back. So to see him all of a sudden back and saying he's very excited to be back, you know, he, he missed it so much. It's actually quite funny to me. And I think Mazepin is a relatively good driver, to be honest. I watched his F2 races and he looked like he had something. No, obviously not like a top quality driver, but like maybe midfield. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or like back of the park capable, yeah? Uh- and um, for him to lose it because of, I guess because maybe his dad has like some connections with Putin and all of that, that's a bit unfortunate, especially because we all know Hase's financial condition and how the funding from Urikali was like really helping them through last season and obviously into this season as well. But from the timesheets that we saw in Bahrain, it seems like maybe they actually did do some work towards 2022 season. Granted, this result, I think, were after everybody else had finished. So we don't know, like, the exact conditions of the testing for them. But I think came out, was it the fastest time or the second fastest time of the whole testing day or something like that? So it seems like maybe they can actually get a few points. And I think Mick would do quite well because last year they were both rookies. So there was not really someone he could, like, gauge his performance against. I mean, he was always better than... Mazepin every every race weekend, but like he was also shit as well. So if he can like you know compare against K Mag, a very experienced driver who has been in and out for quite a while now, it would actually help his own performance. And maybe he too can score points. But I would expect 
throughout the season, I would expect Kim Max at least gets points in maybe two or three races. So it'll be interesting to see how they do. Granted, they don't go into um what's it called? Is it administration? What happened to Force India a couple years ago? If that doesn't happen to them, then I think they they would manage to get a couple of points this season. Thank you. Okay. Um I'll say let's let's just um move on to the next team which is um Alpha Romero and then we'll have um Shemilore I believe Shemi Al, I believe. If you um if you have um something to um say. Oh okay, I see um Fatima's please. Um so Alpha Romero, um the next team um you know we'll be discussing, you know, they have a new driver lineup, you know, um both drivers so and experience voucher both us from um Mercedes, you know, after five years in um Mercedes has um well I say has taken a step back the grid, you know, to um join Alpha. And then um a well funded Guan Yu Zhou, you know, a well funded made in China piece is now in F one, you know. So um who is another pay driver? So um what do you guys uh, think um about the pairing? Do you think Alpha has made the right decision? And um regarding the card, do you think they are able to um challenge? Because one thing is to have good drivers and one thing is to have um a good car because they work in hand in hand as we all know. So um yeah. So um what is um your take on that? So we'll start with um Fatima then um our please. Then um Famo in that order. Okay. Yeah for me, I think my interest in Alpha Romeo just goes back up because of Botas. I'm excited or I'm hopeful to see what he's going to do as he supposed number one driver because I've not really seen him be the number one driver for any any team in F1. So I'm I'm basically hopeful to see if he, if his experience at Mercedes would put him up to speed and then he'll be able to at least prove to Alfa Romeo that he was a worthy buy-in. Then for the new Chinese, I tried to read up. I'm not exactly excited about is coming in. I think I would have preferred Oscar. That's the F2 champion. The current F2 champion. But then, money is important. <laughs> uh, also about their car uh, during testing. And I'm, I'm not really yet sure what I can say about the car yet. It's still dicey for me. Uh, but um, Bottas claims to be that he's getting a claims that he's getting a hang of it. So I would want to believe is the air. Uh, is ready and see what they have to give. So I think I'll give my further opinion on their car maybe after the first race. That's all. All right, then. Thank you. Um, so let's um have Al, please. Um, okay, good evening, everyone. Um, yeah, I feel like Alpha Romero have a very strong lineup. They have an experienced Valtteri Bottas and uh they have uh what's his name, Guanju, who was even though he used like money and connections to enter Formula 1. He was not a bad driver in Formula 2. I think he was second to Piastri or third. And yeah, their lineup is strong. Their car looked decent. Um, they 
lost a lot in Barcelona with like little running time and everything. But they made up for it in Bahrain and they looked very strong. I think Valtteri Bottas was like seven in the timesheets in a few times. And um, yes, they, I feel like they will do better than they did last season. Maybe score a few points for fights in the midfield. Because of course, with Valtteri Bottas, he has experience from driving with the Sivarus and yeah, the experience would be useful. And he has gone and should study with teams. Like in 2019, when they got Kimi and um, Giovanazzi, it a new driver and the, um, an experienced driver. So it's more or less the same thing and that's probably what they're going to do. So I feel like they'll have a decent season. They'll be strong, maybe can fight in the midfield, but that's all they'll do. They're not really trying it like that. Thank you very much. Um, so uh, let's have um, Famo, before we come to you, please, let's have um, Sarah because she's been wanting to um, speak for a minute, please. Sarah, please go ahead. Okay, um, Famo, please go ahead. I think she unmuted her mic. Sorry, are you there? Oh, she... Yeah, go ahead, please. Yeah, anyways, um, I was hearing what everyone was saying, and everyone has been talking about bear teams like doing midfield battle. I'll just, I'll just say out there, Alfa Romero is going to end up last this season. That's that's clean and clear. It's not going to be Williams, and it's not going to be the other team. It's going to be Alfa Romero, and I think with Valtteri Bottas here, maybe because of how good Pierre Gasly did after they sent him down from Red Bull. Everyone thinks like when you go down to a, like a lower team, you can shine. That shit doesn't work for everyone, you know. And if Bottas was... If Bottas could even do half of what Perez did last season, just half of what Perez did last season, Lewis Hamilton would have probably won the championship clean and clear. But Bottas, is, he's, he's been shit for a while now. Nobody wants to say it because, oh, he's, he's driving next to Lewis Hamilton. Nah. Roseburg also drove next to Lewis Hamilton. That man gave him a fight to run for his money, you know. Bottas never did that in five years. Bottas, I don't even know, man. I don't want to sound like I, I don't like Bottas, but it's just very disappointing when you have such a powerful car like that and you can't do anything. Like, look at what that kid George Russell did in just one race. Just give that boy just one race. It's not like he's been racing in that car for a long time. Just one race. See what he did to Bottas. Made him look silly. Absolutely silly. Bottas made um I, I remember he made pole position and the kid was second. But he showed him that like, bruh, been in this car for years, but I'll show you how to drive it. It's absolutely sad, you know. And people I don't um I heard Fatima talk about that Oscar kid. And I don't know this new Chinese kid, but I know that Oscar kid. And the boy is absolutely beautiful. And I really wish I could see him. But at the end of the day, I don't I don't I don't feel like I don't feel comfortable saying they will be fighting any midfield battle. Nah. They'll be fighting their battles in last position with themselves, to be honest. And yeah, that's that's all I have to say about that. All right, thank you very much. Um, let's have um Kobe um speak and then um Yemi next, please. So um please guys, let's um just um maintain the time. I like the way we're sticking to that, please. Thank you. Uh-huh, yeah, back to Botas in issue. Back to Botas. Bottas was a disappointment. Take off last season, there can be a race that you were expecting to be in, let's say, third to fifth position, just to fed off Max Verstappen or any Red Bull plan. But he'll be in 10 fighting with Daniel Ricciardo for 10th position. Meanwhile, being in a Mercedes, like, Bottas was just some way. I just don't know what to describe him. He was off. Sometimes he would do silly mistakes. I remember... I think that was the Hungarian Grand Prix. 
the way he crashed into the rest of the field, I was like, damn, like what was wrong with him? Bottas Bottas really deserve to be in them kind teams like Alfa Romeo has them kinds of he was really a disappointment in Mercedes. Even though you are driving alongside Hamilton, expectations are there. Expectations are there, but you have to do something. You have to do something. I quite remember. Like you you I should just end it here. I'll just take more time. I should just end it here. But that's just a disappointment in Mercedes. Like huh, it's really funny. It's really funny. I'm okay. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for that, um, Kube. Um, hear me, please. Then, um, uh, okay, Chuku, then uh, we'll move on to the next team, please. Okay, can, can you guys hear me? Yes, please. Awesome. Uh, so I'm, I wasn't going to say anything or speak until I got guess moved to like go to the teams that I, <laughs> I really cared about, but I just had the take, not the previous speaker, but the one before the guy before the previous speaker, uh, you know. Trash talking voters. I think it's a bit unfair. Um, that perspective, context is important. Um, you know, Bottas was paired with Lewis Hamilton for what seven years. So, I mean, I, I can't, I'm not counting, but for that long, you know, a lot of people we've gotten so used to Lewis Hamilton's brilliance that we just think that you know, uh, any anybody on the performing next to him is a shit driver. Bottas is a really really good driver, man. Uh, you know that I expect. I'm expecting. A lot from from him this year. I don't know if you guys listened to a lot of interviews he did last year, but he was just talking about how you know being put on a one year contract, you know, through his time in Mercedes, you know, didn't really do, um, we didn't really put him in a good place from a mental standpoint to be able to just settle down and then just focus on uh, on, on on fighting Lewis properly. That there was always that pressure on his back, and I imagine last year would have been particularly difficult for him just because you know Russell came in mid season and he probably already knew that he was, they weren't going to renew it for him. So he really had no incentive to back Lewis. And even if he was going to stay, right, he knew that he would be in a car where Lewis is in the other car and, you know, there was just no chance for him. So I guess his mindset was just, yeah, he didn't really give a shit last year, right? And I think people are judging him, you know, um, on, on that, right? But that's a really quick driver, man. He's one of the few drivers that I, I've been watching F1 for a while, right? And I know Lewis to be a freaking quick driver. But that's one of those drivers where I fought on his day would give Lewis a run for his money. I think where he lacked was his race pace consistency. That's where Lewis absolutely destroyed him, right? But that said, I'm expecting a lot from from him and Alfa Romeo this this weekend. Uh, I said this weekend, this season. I don't know if you've been following testing, but the Alfa Romeo had did a very very quick time. What has been as Miss Vaccine Lyrical all tests, you know that oh like he's very optimistic. He's cautiously optimistic about the car. The car did a very very quick time. By the time he adjusted for fuel. And tire, right? Uh, I think the biggest challenge for them this season will probably be reliability, which we we'll see all through the test. They were very, very, and I felt like literally every day of testing, I was watching it and following the lap times, and I could see that like, these guys were not so reliable. So that's probably the biggest question mark. I'm expecting a lot from them, um, Alfa Romeo, but we'll see. Thanks. Thank you very much, um, Yami. So um, let's have um, okay, Chuku, please. Okay, hi guys. Um, good evening. So um, I want to talk about, um, building on what you missed, so I don't think the criticism of Bottas is unfair. Um, Bottas was paired with Hamilton. I mean, if you look at, Hamilton has had five teammates since his, so in his career, in his F1 career. He teamed up with Alonso. I mean, he, he messed Alonso. Alonso was a two-time champion. Lewis came in as a rookie and beat him. 
Then Lewis teamed up with Hege Kovlainen. Kovlainen was really, I mean, Kovlainen was worse than Bottas, so to speak, performance-wise. And I mean, Kovlainen was a top driver before he became Lewis' teammate. And same thing, only Button and um, Rosberg. Button and Rosberg are the only two teammates to have beaten Lewis in, in his whole career. And that tells you a lot. So, I mean, Bottas, was a very, Bottas has always been a top driver. Even when he was teammates with Felipe Massa, I mean, he was beating Massa. He even took a podium with Williams. Come on. So, I mean, it's unfair when we... when we. I mean, Bottas is someone that may not really thrive under so much... under the spotlight, under so much pressure. That's why I think, I mean, at Alfa Romeo, where there is no more... The weight of expectation isn't that much on him. I, I believe he would, he would really stand out. And, I mean, he'll be a very good... Um, teammate for this one or one with Joe of a guy because he has so much experience and he has a lot to impart. And um, as far from Alfa Romeo, I mean, I think a lot of what we do here, or what we what we are hearing at this point in the season is just speculation. I mean, a lot of the the times you see they're not they are not going to be representative. And I mean, by by the third race, there will be so many updates that. I mean, I doubt the same team is going to win the first three or four races, or even be on the podium. It's going. This is. I mean, it's a whole new um, generation of rules and all that. So it's it's the, the 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 competition will keep evolving. We are only going to see the true picture maybe towards May, June, just before the summer break. That's where we begin to see. Um, and teams stand out. So I mean, I believe Alfa Romeo. Alfa Romeo. We, we haven't seen we, we we don't we haven't seen enough to ride them off. I mean, I believe they'll be comfortably mid table this season. Thank you. Um, thank you very much. Um, okay, Chuku. So just to add to um, um, okay, Chuku. Like based on what Yemi and um Famo has said, you know, they've both um made um valid points in terms of um the criticism of um Botas, you know. But um, if you want to look at it from um, looking at it from Famo's point of view, is that um, Botas is a professional. You know, as a professional, you are expected to meet up to a certain standard. You know, we all know that okay, Botas was the second driver at Mercedes. There was no way he could match up to um, the skills and um, um, attributes of Lewis Hamilton. Did he play the role of being a second driver well at Mercedes? You would say not really last season. In the last four years, yes. But last season, you might you 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 might say no, you know, because there were some like if we're referring back to Hungary, you know, we're referring back to um um some um some of the, um, the like the crash with um George Russell. Where was that taken? If um I believe it was Imola or something, you know. So, um, if I refer back to um, those um, periods, you know, you will say, okay, Bottas has not performed well as a professional, regardless of him being on a one month, um, one year contract, six months contract. It doesn't mean he signed the contract. If he wasn't, he knew that he was going to. The contract was going to expire. In 2022, with the option of him or that he's going to leave, you know, so he can't use that as an excuse, you know. But 
Well, the world is changing nowadays, you know. So, it, so well, for some individuals, it might affect them, you know, mentally, like you not knowing where your future is, you understand? It's just like, you know, being in a relationship with someone, you the person is giving you off and on vibes. You cannot eat now, you understand? So, yeah, moving on to the next thing, um, which is um, Williams, you know. Um, Williams, last season, you know, um, they had a... Obviously, the um, the team was sold to um, Dalton um, Capital, you know, who brought in um, Josh um, Capito, you know, um, as the CEO slash um, team principal. You know, um, Josh was, um, I believe, was um, the team principal in Moto... I'm sorry, is it, um, Rally. Yeah, um, Rally. So um, he did that before... Um, coming um to Williams, you know. So um over time we've seen the progress and Williams have made, you know, they were able to secure points in um in um what they call it in um um spa, you know, and then um George um George Russell and um Nicholas Latifi also secured um their first um points in Williams under his um leadership you know so um how do you see or where do you see or rather what do you think williams will be able to achieve um this year you know so um yeah let's um have our um everyone's view on that please so please just raise up your hand and then um i'll be able to pick please Um, okay, can we have um okay um uh, up and please I took I took please if you don't mind. Then um or in that order. Okay, hi everyone again. Um for Williams it's a bit of a shame to see where they've where they've ended up over the last three, four seasons, considering that I mean after Ferrari and McLaren, this is about the this this is the third most successful team in Formula 1 and to see them lingering at the back, back of the grid in the last few seasons is just heartbreaking especially when especially since um, Formula 1 as um, since Williams was one of the teams I that got me to love start watching Formula 1 in the first place uh, having said that uh, we can see the progress they've clearly had a, um, a steady pro- path of progress and uh, and yeah they're not going to be front runners this season either um that's still a lot of work for them to do but um for me i'm happy to see alex album back on the grid um he's a good kid a great driver um he didn't do very well at uh, red bull i agree but you know there's that there's the cost of the second red bull seats he was affected now i i don't think he's going to achieve as much success as gasly did when he left but this is a good opportunity for him to show that, look, um, he's not just a pushover, that he didn't, even though he didn't impress at Red Bull, it doesn't mean he's a, he's a, he's a useless driver. I mean, he's... Um, 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 Etu, please, um, I think we'll have to bring you back up again because um, it seems to be glitching. So we'll just um, bring you back up to finish up your points, please. Um, can we um, have um, Aurel, please, then um, 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 Abdul Latif, please? Mm-hmm. All right. 
So with with Williams, um, first of all, I am I'm very happy that Albon is back on on the grid. I I actually you know ex Albon drive. I watched his drive last. But then with Williams as a team, I think that they are going to be fucking trash this year, man. Like <laughs> I don't know. I'm not I'm not impressed with. I wasn't impressed with them like during during testing and. I know they always tell us that oh testing is like is not representative of how it's going to be, but I just believe that Albon is going to be at the back of the grid this season. And I think it's going to be the same thing with Williams. It's just going to be how it was last year, Williams and us rotating like 20th to 16th. So I just believe Williams will be at the back again. And um I'm sorry for taking us back with Alfa Romeo. With both us. I think I actually think Bottas is a good driver. I just think his problem was that I don't think there's anybody that can match up to Lewis Hamilton. That is the problem with Valtteri Bottas. So it's like, oh, you're always being compared to Lewis if you're his teammate. It's just like Max. Everyone's always being compared to Max as his teammate. And that's why they're like, oh, Gasly wasn't good, Albon wasn't good, but. All these guys, they can't really show themselves when you have a teammate when he, who is clearly a number one driver in the team. So I believe Bottas is a good driver. And I don't know, I'm not so sure about Alfa Romeo, so I can't say anything. But I know for Williams, I'm convinced that they are going to be at the back of the grid. Hundred percent convinced. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um um Eto, please can you finish up your points? Then we'll go to M Lulu, please. Okay. Uh can you guys hear me now? Yes, Can you please. Hear me now? Okay. So, um, th- th- what Ores said, I agree with him 100%. And that's what I was going to say, that they still have a long... Um, William still have a long way to go. Uh, but I'm very happy for um, Alex Albon. He's a great kid, a, um, a good driver. And, I mean, he... I don't expect he's going to enjoy the kind of success that um, Gasly did once he left the Red Bull stables. But he's... At least now, he's going to show that uh, we hope he's going to show that he's uh, he's not as bad as everyone has said he was. He's I I I expect they'll be at the back of the grid as well. I don't expect them to pick up any points um, at all this season. But I expect I expect Albon to outperform Latifi. Um, and then again, you know, with this uh, with the new regulations, everything is up all up in the air. It's completely unpredictable. You never can tell. But honestly, I don't expect them to score any points whatsoever this season. But um, moving forward, I I hope that um, subsequently over the next um, the next few years, uh, while this this formula is, is still homogated they would um, improve. So by the end of, by say 2026, they would, um, they would have gotten, they would have gotten up to speed with this particular formula and then uh, uh, they'll start to perform a lot better by then. Thanks. All right. Thank you very much. Um, okay. So uh, we'll have Lulu, then um, Abdul Latif, then um, we'll be going on to the next team, please. Um, so, Yeah. Like I think I share the same sentiments with everyone. It's good to see Albon back, you know, racing. Um, that said, I still don't understand why Latifi is driving a Formula One. Um, I don't know. It's it's just a mess. I would have imagined that someone like Hulkenberg would have considered coming back to race there, or someone that obviously has a bit more experience than Albon, 
to complement that team. Obviously, they've struggled a lot. They've got new ownership now. The lineup just doesn't seem as though there's ambition in there. And I feel that they would struggle a lot um, with reliability. I think they will struggle a lot with consistency because, again, Albon from his Red Bull days was far from consistent. And if you've brought someone that is not arguably not as experienced as Albon, in my own opinion, they're probably in the same, you know, Kedar. For a team that's just newly bought, that should be showing ambition, I don't think they have. And that would be their undoing this year. Um, maybe, maybe it could change, but for me personally, no disrespect, I just feel like they're better than four drivers in Lagos than Nicolas Latifi in an iPhone car. Thank you very much. Um, let's have um, Abdul Latif, please. Okay, so um, just from what the last speaker said, I think um, Williams don't have money, and it's clear. And then why Latifi is there is because Latifi brings in a, a lot of money. I think close to how much? Close to 20 to 30 million a year for that seat from his sponsors. Um, I think Lavazza or Sofina or one of them. Williams don't have money. If you look at them on the grid, if you look at their steering wheel on the grid, it's still steering with the iPhone teams or using a while ago. It's different from everybody of his own. They haven't completely upgraded their steering wheel. So they brought Latifi is there because of his sponsorship. And even when um, Just Capital said they don't need a pay driver, I believe he was just lying because they really need money. And for Williams, I'm happy Albon is back. My guy Albon is back. Um, big ups to Red Bull and Christian Horner for fighting and giving him a seat on the grid. Um, he's still part of the Red Bull family and um, the Red Bull family fight for their own. They fight for their drivers and we, li we like to see that actually. We Red Bull fans, we actually love to see that. Williams won't be a team, in my opinion, would fight for points every single week, but they will be there and about in crazy races. They will score points. I believe they will score points more than last year. And I believe um, Albon, who is comfortably clear of Latifi, would lead that team and then um, nick them a few points. Albon, is, Albon should lead the, lead the team well and, um, you know, help them get more points. It will be a good reference for Latifi and his knowledge of being a top team and the serious work he did last year in the simulator, which... He did the championship win for Max with the really help Williams. It's going to be interesting for Williams this year, and um, they should maybe they should maybe finish where they finished last year, which was eight, or even go one better sevens. That's just my opinion. Thank you. Um. Okay. Um. Okay. I see Yemi and uh, okay Chuku have there. Okay, guys, please just um quickly so that we can move on to the next team, please. Um. Yeah, me please, then I'm okay. Chuku next. Okay, just quick, quick response to um Abdul Atif, right? Uh, <laughs> you say that, uh, uh, you know, Red Bull fight for their own. Uh, we have Honor to thank for Albon's seat. I, I find it, um, <laughs> I find it cheeky that you conveniently let out the fact that Toto Wolf had to actually agree to um Albon being in that seat. Otherwise, Albon would have, would have had a drive this year. Uh, because that's a Mercedes car, right? So Mercedes engine, I think they had veto as part of their deal with Williams. They had a veto on one of those seats, which is which Russell was occupying. I think the gist back then was that Russell would come to Mercedes and Bottas probably go to Williams. So they had to, like, Honor had to, you know, Wolf had to, like, you know, agree to Albon being in that seat, you know. So 
and I just find it weird that oh, it's, it's rebel and all of a sudden Honda is responsible. That I think they have Wolf, Wolf to thank for that. I, I mean, I, I, in addition to Honda as well, we should not forget that Mercedes team had to agree to that. I don't really care much for Album as a driver. I think he's, I heard he's a good driver. I heard, but you know, I, I do. I, if he doesn't do to Latifi what Russell did right, then I, I think his chances, you know, going forward will be very, very slim. That's it. Uh, thank you. Um, okay, Chuku, please um, quickly so that we can move on. Okay. Um. So, just I wanted to draw attention to something. So there is this recurring team, money, 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 and um, Abdulatif also mentioned that Williams staring and all that. I mean, staring. Come on, <laughs> staring. It means nothing. The teams have been Mercedes has been using the same staring for close to four years now, so it means nothing. But going back to the whole money issue. Have we for, let's not forget that there is a budget cap this year. So the, the, the rich teams don't have the luxury. Of, I mean, it's like, I think, $150 million or so this year. So the big teams don't have the luxury of blowing money as they used to blow. And I mean, everybody can compete on equal ground. That's why Haas could afford to let Kali go because the money, they have a budget cap and they can source funds easily to match up whatever they are. I mean, last season, Mercedes, um, two seasons ago, Mercedes' budget was almost $400 million. And this season, everybody's capped at the same amount. So, I mean, budgets wouldn't really be a factor this season when it comes to teams. We are, what begin, well, the, the major factor that will be differentiating the teams now will be the maybe development that has been carried over from prior years, maybe when Mercedes could afford to halt development on the 2021 card, focus on the 2022 card. That was the 2021 budget still being used. You know, things like that. Then, oh, one last thing. Um, Oh, God, I lost my train of thought. Anyway, let's just um, leave it at that. Budgets, yeah. budgets, budgets cap would ensure that the whole um this thing was it called money wouldn't be so much of an issue. Then wind tunnel time for lower teams, they have more wind tunnel times than the the top teams. So again, the field is more balanced. So money isn't really that much of a big factor this year as it used to be in the past. Thank you. Thank you very much, okay, Chuku, for your input. So quickly, we'll be moving on to um. Aston Martin, the team which um came onto the grid last year, obviously after they rebranded, you know. So um Aston Martin, Aston Martin this year, you know, I just feel they are winging it. You know, they're just it's just they're just moving on vibes because you you never really hear anything uh interesting from um Aston Martin, you know. I believe when they were first India and um racing points, you would there there was always something to talk about. But now Aston Martin, I, look this season, I, I don't even know what to expect from them, you know, um or where they will be on the grid. So um it's always um good. Let's hear um opinions from um other people. So please um if you've not spoken and maybe you would like to share your opinion, please um feel free to request, please. So Aston Martin, please. And uh, yeah, Aston Martin. Um, um, our please. Yes. Um. Good evening again. I feel like Aston Martin can be a surprise this season because 
First off, there's a lot riding on how competitive or uncompetitive their car is. Um, this could be the final season that Sebastian Vettel would be in the sports. And well, uh, my crack has promised that the team wants to give enough for him to obviously stay. Um, their testing times in Barcelona was good, even though um, you can say that they were in low-engine modes and um, they were not going at their fastest. So, yes, there's, um, like F1 I just said, there's a... There's not much to come from there. Maybe that is going to be the surprise. And, you know, they'll turn up in Bahrain and Uno's Vettel is full or Stroll is on the front row and um, everything like, is um, is thrown into chaos and they take the attention from the big three. But yeah, I feel like Aston has something to offer this season. They've been very, very decent. They've had good pace and yes, maybe they might be the uh, McLaren or um, Alpine or Toro of this uh, season. Thank you very much. Um, can we have um Gibola then Aura in that order, please? All right. Um, I think for Aston Martin, it's just vibes this season, to be honest. Because yeah, you are right. We don't hear anything about them in testing. I don't think there was any major news or development from them either. And it's it's to me. I think I'll be following them closely because they have a very interesting front wing design. I think that is the highest off the ground. So I'm I'm really curious how that's going to like help them out this season so i would actually be, i'll be following the performances but i don't think there will be much from them i think it's just going to be like a repeat of last season they're just going to be cruising along just having fun until maybe vettel gets third position somewhere or stroke gets on the podium but i don't think there's anything spectacular that will come from them this season Thank you. Can we have um um Aura next, please? Man, to be very honest, I was waiting for Aston Martin for so long. Because, you see, like, last season, Lorenz Stroll was like, oh, Aston Martin, they have these projects that is coming, that they are five years plan, something, something, something. But then at the end of the day, the first thing they did this season was... Otmar giving the team as team principal. Like, Otmar literally had to say that he and Logan Stroh, they, they are not seeing the same thing. And I'm just, I'm just really sad for Vettel because he's never winning the championship in this live again. I don't know why he just made... I don't know why he went to Aston Martin, man. Because, to be fair, like everyone has been saying, I don't think Aston Martin is going to do well this season. I feel like it's just going to be the same as last season that... It's just going to be vibes. This sometimes get points, sometimes they don't. Sometimes fight for colleagues, sometimes they don't. I don't know, man. I just, I just believe that Aston Martin. They just, they made, they made very, very, very wrong decisions that are not going to suit them. So I just want to see how the project that we're going to struggle has been talking about is going to go because they hyped us up so much that 2022 for you to even like find out something about Aston Martin. You have to literally search. You have to go out to find out about Aston Martin. So hopefully, hopefully. But I just I just believe that it's just going to be vibes for them this season. Vibes for real, man. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um or uh, so um quickly let me get um Bashir on because he's um requested. Um let me see if he has anything to say on um this topic. But um just before that, um 
uh, I'll just call him Papo because I think he's in the audience. So he said the AMR22 set the tone for the cooling with the new side louvers. The car is beautiful for me. Nothing else. Few reliability issues, but not much else. Well, I think obviously you've made a you've made a um, a good point, you know. But in testing, you know, we can say they've not really they've not really wowed us. You know, I've not really said, oh, okay. You know, obviously we've been hearing the hype of um, Ferrari, which we are coming to um, shortly, you know. But looking at testing, Ferrari has us short, you know. You know, like heading into the season, some of us have Ferrari as a challenger, you know, for maybe our favorite teams and and so on, you know. So, well, um, Aston Martin is not in that um, equation, you know. They've not really, they've, well, let's say they've not really um, had an impact, you know. And then, um, yeah, so hopefully um, they are maybe one of the underdogs in the midfield this season and then um, things work out for them, you know. Though they have a very good strategy team, but strategy cannot win race, you know. You need a um, good car, you know. But, yeah, Um Moving on, we have um uh okay, sorry, um Bashir, I don't know if you wanted to add anything to um Aston Martin before we move on. Um yeah, well what I wanted to say is um Aston Martin this year it's just like they are they are going to be like just watching the race. You know, you know what I'm trying to say? They are good. I know the drivers are trying. They are good. They are trying to to fight like the other big teams. But the other bigger teams like the Ferrari and the Mercedes, the Red Bull, they are really fighting for the constructor championship. So I'm not I'm not seeing a chance. I'm not seeing um Aston Martin getting a chance to win or to even come up and compete with the other teams. They need few years. They need to um, to see, to look at it, to maybe wait for their turn, because for now I don't I don't see Aston Martin competing with the other teams. They really need to develop develop their car, um, make some arrangements and changes. Maybe in the next few years they can come up and compete with the other bigger teams and. Maybe hopefully, hopefully they will win the championship, or maybe drivers or constructor, constructor, constructor championship. Okay, thank you very much, Bashir. Hopefully, um, yeah. So we'll be moving on to um the sister team, you know the the junior sister team on the grid, um, Alpha. Alpha Tuari Honda, you know, the sister team, the Red Bull sister team. You know, I would say um last season, I would say it was one of their um best seasons, you know. Um Gasly, even though so um so um, um Sunoda had some um crazy um um shunts, you know, but it was still a very good season for them, you know. They finished sixth on the constructors um championship, you know, behind 
um, Alpine, you know. So, and um, looking at um, them in testing, you know, they've been um, very um, impressive, you know. And then, um, though um, we've had um, some stories from um, Sunoda saying um, the the F1 regiment, like um, the like the structure and the um, intensity in F1 is quite much, you know. We hope this is in um, there'll be there'll be a little bit of um maturity in his driving, you know, because he's quite a talented driver, you know. And um Gasly as well is much more experienced now, you know. And then um also with um Gasly's contract coming, I think I believe Gasly's contract is coming to an end um very soon. Yeah. Um there's also been speculations of him replacing um, Hamilton if Hamilton was to leave, you know. So um just in general, Alpha Alpha Twari, how do you guys um see them this um upcoming season? What's what are we expecting from them, you know, based on them their last year's performance and um testing. So um Abdulatif, um I can see you want to go first. Please um raise your hand and um if you would like to speak um just um request Origin. Thank you. Okay, so for our based on last year's performance and testing, I think they will have a good season and even slightly better than last season. For Yuki Sunoda, um, for all the comments and slander he got last season, I guess people just forgot that he's a rookie. Rookies make mistakes. Don't let's not even compare him to the rookies that came in at Haas. Rookies make series and series of mistakes. Latifi was the rookie in 2020, and what can you even say about Latifi in 2020? You can't say that much. I think people are just putting rookies on the pedestal of the rookies we had in 2019, which were George, Lando, and Albon, who did very well in their first seasons. I won't count George, because Williams was dreadful. But now, Yuki Sunoda is way better. You could see that towards the tail end of last season, he's better. He's no more a rookie now. And his, I expect his performances to go better and better. I mean, he has moved to Faenza in Italy. He's much more integrated in the team. And as you said, the boy is a really talented driver because I watched him in F2. And he, I think he only spent one season in F2. And he did really, really well. And for Gasly, well, I don't need to say much about Gasly. We all know how good Gasly is. He has been incredibly consistent last season. And I expect it to continue this season. The only thing about him is just his future. So it's either he moves, for me, I think he has three options. It's either he moves to the Red Bull team and take Perez's seat next year, if Red Bull are not going to retain Perez, or he goes somewhere else in the grid and waits for maybe Mercedes to open up, or he sits out one year. He's going to be one year unemployed and probably wait for the Mercedes or whenever, whatever seat in 2023. Because Red Bull are going to bring up Liam Lawson because he's actually hindering one Red Bull driver. And remember what the Avatari team is there for. So I think Liam Lawson from F2 is going to come up to Avatari next year to partner Yuki. And um, yeah, Gazi's future is just very uncertain for now. Thank you so much, I'm Abdulatif. Can we have um, a debate, please? All right, guys. Um, good evening, everyone. Um, Concerning Afatari, I think um, one major thing they need to really work on this season 
is there reliability issues, right? Um, I think consistently we've been able to see that uh, their drivers do excellently well in qualies, right? And um, but probably on Sundays they always like have some DNS with their engine issues and the rest, right? So I think one thing in which um, could make them a very good contender, at least in the midfield battle this season, is if they can really resolve the reliability issues they've had over time, right? <clears throat> because um, from last season itself, you would you could see that at some point, even the drivers from in the midfield, in other midfield cars, expected them to probably contest for P3 and probably push it off McLaren and Ferrari in the battle last year. So for me, I think the major improvement they could do is if at least they try to minimize their engine issues to uh, then as well, I agree with what Abdul said as glad UK shot to not that because yeah, he was a rookie, right? Um, not to really defend the mediocrity or something, but at least you could see that at some point when when you just you know coming at a F1 driver, especially for some of these F2 stars, they might unnecessarily make some mistakes in their first season, right? And um, I think this season as well would probably be a decided factors for both of their drivers as well, right? Um, because as he was also saying, they have a lot of Red Bull junior drivers in, not just in the Amnon there's I think um, Jason Durovola, um, the Indian driver, there's like 23 years or 24 years, also very good. I think there's Vips as well. So they have like three, four, five young drivers in, um, right? Uh I don't really think Yuki might lose his seat, right? Because yeah, he has the Japanese um, um funding. But um Gasly, it's gonna be like a very defining season for him, right? So it could either cement being um the replacement for Checo or probably be the Alpha driver in um Alpha Tauri. Yeah. <coughs> hmm. Interesting, um, Adebayo. Adebayo, I just want to ask you, just um, before we come to you, Lodo, why do you think um, Red Bull want to um, replace Checo? You know, just and quickly, please. But or rather, why do you think um, Red Bull want to drop um, Checo for Gasly? You know, based on they've given both equal opportunities and one has performed while the other one has not performed. Sorry, um, I'm of the opinion, right, that, um, right, uh, I'm of the opinion that probably the reason why we couldn't talk about um, Checo's performance last season for Red Bull was because he played a very key role um, in getting, um, Mark, um, in Max Verstappen getting his first world championship, right? Because, yeah, Minister of Defense and the rest, there were all these um, speculations around that, which we all saw what he did, right? Um, Kali, um slipstream for Max and the rest, right? But I think this season is going to be like a very different season, right? There's going to be like a different metrics for measuring his performance, right? Because I think one of the aims for Red Bull as well this season would be to also challenge for the World Constructor Championship, right? So you wouldn't, you would um, unnecessarily, or how do I rightly put it, right? Red Bull has a very vast, um, um. 
they have a very vast collection of drivers, both um, Gasly that they could call on in F1, and also a lot of, I don't expect them to probably put in an F2 driver, right? But um, this season is going to be like, if Checo doesn't really perform well, right? If he does the, if he does the same thing as Bottas, you know, you know the way it worked for Bottas was that at some point when he was in Mercedes, people people really didn't pay close attention to his performances, right? Until when we all saw the need for it last season, right? That if he had probably done much better and stayed much closer to the to the top three or top two or top top two, it could have probably had an effect on the championship, right? I think that would be like the metric for um Checo this season. And if he fails to deliver, right, in really like cementing if not, we know that he probably can't be like the alpha driver in, in Red Bull, but he needs to get much closer to the top guys, right? You do, you don't need to be fighting with when whichever team is in P3, if you have a P1 or P2 car, right? You need to be much closer. And if he fails to do that, I think, sorry, I think it's just be game over for him, right? That's my opinion. It could differ, differ from others. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much, um, Adebayo. Can we have um, Lulu and, and um, Bashir so that we move on to um, Alpine and McLaren quickly, please? Did you call my name? Yes, please. All right. Um, so for me, with AlphaTauri, I think they're the, tr the two drivers are the true definition of driving to survive this year. I think there'll be a lot of internal uh, competition between both drivers. And that is essentially because there may be a few interesting seats that would open up at the end of the year. Um, and I think that the fact that both of them know that they are up against each other would kind of spur them to drive their best and hopefully get better seats on, in the paddock. Um, I kind of disagree with you know, uh, the Red Bull development program being a reason why some people might lose their seats. I just feel as though right now it would be more of people earning um, their seats. Um, um, yeah. Lulu, Lulu, do you want to um, come back up? Uh, we'll bring you back up because you, um, you're glitching a bit, please. So okay, we'll bring you okay. back up. Yes, please. Um, Basha, please, can you um, can you um, go on, please? So, so while we try um, okay, on. I just want to say something about what Abdelatif said. Um, if you look at uh, Red Bull, I'm not sure this season they are going to be competing for the consultor championship it's like they are going to try to defend uh max um uh, title championship title and sorry, if you look um, at them sorry to cut you short but we are on um alpha sorry we are coming to red bull please you know no if yeah. we, maybe I, yeah. I will just have to wait for that. yes please um, Lulu, please, can you um just finish up your point? Yeah, so can you hear me now? Yes, please. So for me, it's more of using this season as a yardstick for the both of them. I think the competition between the both of them internally would give them points and would give the better driver of the two a better seat towards the top of the table as regards, you know, the teams. Um, I don't see the Red Bull development program being a reason why anybody might gain seats or lose seats. I think because of the new regulations now and how long the new regulations will be here for, I think anybody that's sitting in a Formula 1 car in 2023 would be sitting solely because they've earned it. 
and not because of a development program or how much money they bring in. That's my thought. Thank you very much, Lou. Thank you. Um, thank you. So, um, moving on, we'll be moving on to um Alpine. You know where we have um the Spaniard. You know our plan, Alonso and um Esteban Ocon. You know both um drivers. You know who um Ocon who won his first race um last season. You know, and um, thanks to Alonso because um, many people say um, you have to give credit to Alonso because Hamilton could have um, won the race. But um, notwithstanding, you know, um, Alpine, Alpine, um, Alpine this season, you know, um, you know, one thing about Alpine is that um, I think since Cyril left or towards the end of um, um, Cyril's um, Timeout, um, Reynolds. They've just, um, will I say they've just gradually fallen off. You know, they don't even have um a customer um a, um engine um and um customer um that they supply um an engine to anymore. You know, which is uh which is kind of sad. You know, so I don't know this um hopefully this new regulation and this um new um uh generation of cars you know would yield something different for them you know but um yeah can we um get your thoughts on that please um can you guys um raise your hand up if um, anyone is looking to um speak Okay. Okay. Um. Yami, please. Um. Go ahead. I just want. I just want to say that I hope Fernando Alonso has a horrible year. That's what I want to say. <laughs> I don't think I have no. I have no. You know. I have no love for that guy. I think he's also he's obsessed with with Hamilton. He's obsessed with he's hating the guy. So I have no love for him. I think Alpine is not that in the hell. They expect him to be firmly in the midfield. They say the guy has potential, but really. I don't know because they really they switched to a new engine configuration this year, uh, similar to what Mercedes and Honda are, are doing in terms of like how they position the the turbo, you know, stuff like that, right? So, so uh, obviously that itself will come with some. I expect it to come with some reliability concerns because it's like you know this is your first time going to that configuration. So, but I expect them to get on top of it. Uh, but beyond that, man, <laughs> I don't. I, I like Ocon. I think I love the guy. I think he's a great, great driver. I love the fact that he won last year. Fantastic drive. Uh, you know, I think he's right up there with the quality of Max Verstappen, Russell, Leclerc. Like, I think he's right up there. And I actually, he actually beats Verstappen in Formula Renault, like back in the day. But I think, yeah. So, but that's that. You know, that, that's not that here, here nor there, right? I think what's more important is I expect, I hope that he does well, Ocon does well, and I hope that Alonso has a horrible year. Thank you. Thank you, um, Yemi. So, um, so let's have um, Okechuku and um, Oreb in that order, please. Um, Okechuku, please go first. Okay, so um, speaking of 
our opinion. Like um, the, the previous speaker, I didn't get the name. He mentioned also that um, Reno they moved into a different. Um, um the previous speaker was um, hear me, please. Also, sorry. No, I'm carry on. I was just letting you know. You said uh, okay, okay, okay. So he was saying that you building on what he said, Reno had um Alpine had switched into a different configuration engine split. Basically, they are trying to copy Mercedes um style. So the but the problem with that is there is only one team using a Renault engine in the on the paddock. I mean, Ferrari has like two customer teams in addition to themselves. Mercedes has like so many customer teams as well. So Honda has two. So I mean, these engine manufacturers have multiple teams where they can pull data from and analyze and make changes. But um, Renault they only have Alpine, and it's kind of a disadvantage because when it comes to Formula One, data is everything. When it comes to reliability, the more data you have, the better you're able to plan. So that's. That's an unknown that could easily be a stroke of genius and at the same time could easily be a disaster. I mean, think of McLaren Honda from 2014 or so, 2015 to 2017 was a disaster. So that's it. there is potential for that. Then talking of the drivers, I mean, I admire Alonso. I mean, Alonso is the, a driver I, I, I love to hit. I mean, I, can, I can't deny his skill. You only have to look at last season, his battle with Hamilton in that race that Ocon won. You see a supremely talented driver. Sometimes I wonder, can he actually go on to his 45? Then you have Ocon. So the balance is, I love the balance. There is that balance of age and experience versus youth. And I think they kind of complement themselves. So, I, I mean, the drivers, I see the drivers performing well this season. It's now a matter of, will the car deliver for the team? I just, basically, I see them being comfortably mid-table or lower mid-table this season. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, We have... um. CMX. So I don't know if you have anything to say today. Yeah, hi. Um, yeah, thanks. Just a very quick one. Yeah. So I think my only concern really with Alpine is, you know, the quality of their engine, right? You know, of course, we all know that Red Bull had to ditch them at some point because, you know, it seemed like they were not delivering the level of um, quality that, that they needed to. To, to Red Bull, so I'm a bit concerned for them. They one. Also, um, I, I don't know if anybody wants to join me here, but I think it's high time that you know we start seeing the back of Fernando Alonso. You know, he's been around for a while. Um, at this point, is he really adding value? You know, to the point where Alpine can then start competing with the likes of you know. McLaren, you know, for that middle point, I don't know. Is he holding a seat where Alpine can get a really strong young person in? Probably. Yeah, so uh, that's my another concern I have. And the last concern, no, not a concern, but I just feel like, you know, they really need to push Esteban Ocon. He, that, that dude has a lot of potential. Yeah, um, I feel like he needs to be the focus of the team. Uh, Fernando Alonso makes it hard for that to happen because he's a two-time, you know, uh, world champion. 
But Esteban Ocon needs focus. If he gets the focus he deserves, like someone said on this space, he can be as good as the likes of, you know, Verstappen and Co. Yeah, so that's that's what I feel about Alpine. Thank you very much. Thank you for your um, input. Um, speaking about um, Alonso, my honest opinion is that he should just go and retire. You know, it's just like um, Ronaldo in my, you know, people say, oh, Ronaldo, Ronaldo is finished, you know. In as much as um, he's still banging in the goals, you know, he's taking up someone's space, you know, someone with possible talent, you know, you know, and then that talent might end up going to waste. So in terms of um, Alpine, we have um, Oscar Piastri, you know, who has been an F3 champion, F2 champion, you know, um, a very good driver, you know, because I've, I've seen um, some of his um, highlights, you know, he his overtakes have, uh, he, he has, he's quite matured, you know, when you, when you see him driving, you know, he he makes very little mistakes, you know, so for such um, a young, young driver who is just um, in his 20s compared to Fernando Alonso, who is, um, um, 40. I feel he's taking someone's time and um space, you know, and you should give it up for the next generation, you know, according to um the term Toto uses, you know, next generation, you know. So yeah, um, that brings us to McLaren, you know, McLaren who at the moment um have had an agreement with um Alpine, you know, um. Just in case um Daniel Ricardo is unable to race in um Bahrain, then um we'll be seeing um Oscar Piatri um in this seat. Um well best wishes to Daniel Ricardo, you know. Uh, we hope he, he he gets better, you know, um ahead of the season, you know. And COVID is not something we should wish on anyone. But I believe um he should we should see Ricardo in Jeddah, you know, so it gives Alpine and understanding of what um, Piastri is capable of, you know, because if Piastri is in that seat and then he's able to put in a good performance in Bahrain, then it leaves the uh, management of Alpine thinking that what are we doing with this old man who is who is um, eating into our budget cap, you know, when we can literally put this small boy on a decent um, salary and then Life moves on, you know, and then see how it goes. So, um, um, to McLaren, we have um Lando and um Daniel. You know, Lando puts in um about two hundred laps. You know, one of the highest of um Bahrain. You know, and then um unfortunately he's the only one gathering data for the team due to um Daniel being out. You know, and um I think for me it would have been a it would have been it would have been good to see um Ricardo you know in testing to know how how well he's doing and um what we should expect from him you know because Ricardo is the kind of driver that takes time to adjust in a car you know we've seen it we've seen that in Renault and um, we've seen that in um McLaren again you know so um McLaren in general, um, what are you, what are you guys expecting from um McLaren um 
in the coming season, you know, where do you see them? Do you see them still um, finishing behind um, Ferrari or, you know, or, yeah, still top in the midfield? So um, let's um, have um, Aura, then um, please raise up your hand if you are interested. So Aura, please, then um, Etu, please. Um, I I am so sorry. I can I can I say something about our pain? Is it possible or does it be macaron? Okay, I'll yeah, uh, okay, yeah, that's be quick, please. Okay. Um, first of all, I don't I don't believe that. Okay. I'm I'm quite indifferent towards the way we feel about Fernando Alonso. I I think it is more like people are tired of hearing him talk because he's always like against anti Lewis and all this because. I don't think it is. Oh, Fernando is no more a good driver, and the one of the one of age. I don't think when it comes to sports, like oh, age should be a factor or something. Because Lewis is thirty-seven, Sebastian Vettel is thirty-four. How old was Raikkonen when he retired? Like forty something. So like, if we keep telling ourselves that oh, give space for the younger guys, give space for the younger guys. At the end of the day, this is who the team wants. So this is who the team wants to drive for them. Like. In three years' time, when Lewis, Lewis' contract is expiring in 2023 or so, he's going to be 38. We will not start saying, oh, Lewis should go because younger person, when we know what Lewis can do. So I feel like at the end of the day, it is Alpine's choice with Fernando Alonso. I think he's still a good driver. I just think that people are tired because he's always dropping these comments that's like, oh, this guy is Lewis. This guy is upset because Lewis beat him when he was a rookie. So... With Fernando Alonso, I think I think he's still a good driver, but like the sentiment that we have that oh age this 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 now nah, I don't I don't think it matters because at the end of the day it's who the team wants to drive for them that will drive for them and also with Esteban Ocon I don't think there is any way in this life he would ever reach the level of them George Russell and Max Verstappen. Sorry, I'm done. Thank you very much, Amara. So, um, can we have um, Etuk next, please? Okay. Uh, so, for McLaren, um, they had a brilliant uh, outing in Barcelona. Okay. So, um, apart from apart from Ferrari, they were about the when it comes to real, reliability and um, race pace. Maybe not. Um, one, maybe not one lap pace. Um, um, Etu, do you want? Do you mind if you if you come back up and then um, cause you're a bit glitching, so we'll bring you back up now, please. Um, okay. Famo, please, can you um go ahead while we bring Etu back up, please? All right, then, thank you. Um, in terms of McLaren, I'm actually quite excited to see how it's going to be this season, cause I feel like um we didn't see the best of Daniel Ricciardo last season, cause I I know deep down in my heart that Daniel Ricciardo is actually a better driver that Landon Norris, but that's not taking anything from Landon Norris. Landon Norris was brilliant last season. And if he can keep up that consistency, then we actually see the real Daniel Ricciardo this season. It should be quite interesting. Unfortunately, it seems like that fourth place position is cemented for them. Like um Ferrari, um Red Bull and Mercedes are definitely going to create a gap between themselves and the rest of the field. So it's quite sad that like they won't be competing with the top, top guys, but it's also good to know that they've cemented our fourth position for themselves and they can maybe in coming years move forward into competing with Ferrari, 
Red Bull and Mercedes. So yeah, I'm just really excited to see what both drivers have to bring this season at their best. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Um, okay. Um, Atu, can we have you again, please? Um, T will come to you shortly, please. All right. Thank you. Can you hear me now, please? Yes, please. All right. Cool. So, uh, I'll say with McLaren, they had a brilliant outing in Barcelona. And um, apart from Ferrari, they, uh, when, it, when it comes to race pace and uh, reliability, they were up, right up there with McLaren, with uh, Ferrari. And the thing is, I know you'd say you don't take the, um, the, uh, the results of testing on face value, but um, it gives a clear idea of the kind of reliability you expect from a particular team. So McLaren was good. Unfortunately, the table turned at Bahrain. Um, for the Bahrain tests, they had a really awful outing. Um, and yes, they've identified what the issue is, the issues with their brakes, but it's going to be, it, it, it's going to be difficult to fix it. And I, I don't expect that they're going to, they're going to get it fit, sorted before the race starts in what, um, uh, FP1 is in, uh, five days. Yeah, they, um, I don't think they're going to get it sorted in, in, in the next five days. So my prediction for Bahrain, uh, they're going to retire both cars for brake issues for the Bahrain race. Having said that, I expect that, uh, so contrary to the last speaker, I'm, I'm, of, I'm optimistic that McLaren is going to be right up there with the, um, uh, with the front runners. It's going to be a really mixed front uh, uh, front of the field. So there's um, the f big, the the four major challengers are going to be Red Bull, Mercedes, Ferrari, and McLaren. I expect McLaren to be challenging for podiums, um, possibly a, a race win. You never know. You might see another Monza this year, but um, but for sure they will be challenging for podiums. Um, my uh, my biggest hope is that. Um, Lando finally gets that his elusive win. His, uh, he came terribly close at, at uh, Sochi. Unfortunately, they really did him in. Um, I also uh, expect, I, I, agreed, I, I, I agree that um, uh, we're going to see a much better performance from um, Ricciardo, from Daniel Ricciardo this season, although I still expect Lando to outperform him. All right, thank you so much. Um, so um, quickly, can we have um, T down now? We'll be moving on to Ferrari quickly, please. Yeah, so I think that's a quick one. Yeah, so I'm a bit concerned. I was very excited in at the beginning, right? When um, coming into this season with with Lando and Ricardo, because they did very well last year. If you remember, um, Ricardo didn't have a great start. And that's the only reason why they did not get the third position, in my view. You know, if they had a Ricardo firing at the cylinder that he was firing at the end of the season, then they would easily have gotten third. However, the concern now for me is this COVID that he went to catch, you know, that has really affected him. You know, he, he, the cars are new, the regulations are new. If you don't test with these cars... You know, it's going to be very hard for you, right? You know, so I'm very concerned for, for McLaren. I do not think Ricardo will have a good start again. 
and this will then affect their points. Lando will get points, Ricardo will fumble, and then he will get um, acquainted with the new car, with the new regulations as the season goes by, but then they would have lost a lot of points. So I was really excited at the beginning, but now, you know, when he got COVID, he wasn't able to test. You know, my 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 expectations for McLaren, you know, have reduced a bit. Thank you very much. So, um, okay, um, I see Lulu's hand is um, up. So, Lulu, let's um, hear what you have to say then. Um, yeah, so for me, I think that um, Ricciardo is, is on the bubble at McLaren at this time. Um, obviously, he had a really um, strong end to the season last year. But the same reason why Daniel lost his seat at Red Bull. It's the same reason why he might lose his seat at McLaren. Um, he's not consistent I, enough. Sorry, Lula, I think we'll have to bring you up again. Sorry, I don't know why this keeps happening. Sorry, let me bring you back up. Um, so, um, Fatima, if you can um, go ahead, please, then, um, yeah. Where's that? Uh, okay, no, most of the things I need to say, I wanted to say about McLaren has been said, so I just wanted to speak up because I knew Ferrari was the next thing, like, Okay, okay. So yeah, um um let's have um Lulu finish his um points, then um we'll be on to Ferrari and the rest of the top Can you hear me now? Yes, please. Pardon. Yeah, I said so the reason why Daniel lost his seat at Red Bull is the same reason why he might lose his seat at McLaren, and that's the fact that he's not consistent enough. He usually starts slow and finishes fast. And if Lando beats Ricciardo on points this year, you get the feeling that McLaren and Zach Brown and everybody else might be looking for someone that's a bit more consistent to challenge Ferrari at the very least. So um, again, testing has not been great for him. He may struggle, but it is then up to him to, you know, catch up as quickly as possible because that competition, you know, like we have in AlphaTauri, that competition between Lando and Daniel will be watched very, very closely by everyone on the paddock. And you get the feeling that one or even the both of them might be leaving McLaren, depending on what happens. If Ricciardo doesn't do well, he may get a seat lower down. If McLaren does, um, if Lando does well, obviously he signed a new contract, but then again, money, money speaks. You get the feeling that a couple of the big boys might be eyeing him, but then again, it's all up in the air. For me, I think they'll finish fourth. In the event that Daniel does well, maybe they finish third, but I don't see them being higher than third this year. Thank you very much, um, Lulu. So, um, Yemi, do you want to speak on McLaren? Because we're moving on to... No, Ferrari, Ferrari. Okay, so, yeah. We're, um, Etuk, are you for McLaren as well or Ferrari? Yeah, McLaren. Okay, um, so quickly, please, because just yeah. So I just wanted to add add this. There's something I had forgotten to mention uh, at, uh, at uh, address when I was talking about McLaren earlier on. No, where they will end uh, ultimately at the end of the season would depend on their pace in the development race, not on their pace in the races themselves. Because at the moment they are in a very strong position. Yes, I've said that they have this issue with their braking, but um, the number one issue that people have that that teams have had to deal with since the beginning of testing is pop racing. And um, McLaren is the least big because of their their um, development um, philosophy. They are the team that is least affected by pop racing and. Um, and as a result, they are able to develop on pace. So the um, 
for the team struggling to manage their purposing, they uh they are having to run they are, they're having to run their uh, cars a bit higher, um, meaning they they don't have as much um, uh, they don't have as much uh, downforce to take the uh, to, they, they don't have as much downforce in the corners and on the streets either. So for me, I think right now McLaren is in a good place. Will they be able to keep up that development? Because I mean, Red Bull is not. Uh, they are not. They are not um, lying down idle. McLaren is sorry. Mercedes isn't lying down idle. Ferrari. They're, they're not doing that either. So I expect these guys to be hard at work trying to work on their car. Now, will McLaren be able to keep up the pace of the others? That's where the that's where the big question would be. If they can, then I expect that yes, they would. Um, they could. They could. They could get up to third uh, if they can actually keep up in the development race. Thank you very much. So, um, can we have um, um? So yeah, we're moving on to um, Ferrari now. You know, so um, Ferrari. Well, is obviously in the last um few years, you know. Um, they've obviously not been been where they usually are, you know. But um, that's that obviously that's what we've seen in the last um seven years because Mercedes has um dominated um all three, you know. So, um, Ferrari, you know, there's big, there's a very big hype, you know, coming into this season. You know, the hype started um since last season, you know, with with them um talking about the 2022 car you know and then um coming into um this season we've also seen well I say we've also seen you know when people say um talk your talk you know like we've seen um we've seen we've seen the changes you know like obviously it's just testing you know but we've seen um, a little bit of um a little bit of improvement you know hopefully um it's a good year for them all around, and then they're able to challenge the usual top two, you know. So um, let's just um have um everyone's thoughts. Um, Famo, please. All right, thank you, Ferrari, Ferrari. Um, firstly, I'm I'm glad that Ferrari, Ferrari are back where they're meant to be. I mean, we've not seen any racing yet, but with the way they've been talking. Hopefully they are back to where they are. You know, Ferrari in F1 is like Madrid in football. Nobody wants to see them not where they are. You know, because they are they are the big boys. They're meant to be there. And in terms of um, Charles Charles Leclerc and Verstappen racing, I'm very much excited to see that. See him in a competitive car because one of my best seasons in F1 was when both of them were going at it. And one of my best races, and I'll never forget, was the German Grand Prix when Verstappen overtook him. It was just beautiful because they were both young. You know, the, the battle between Hamilton and Verstappen is very much exciting, but we know what Hamilton is. Hamilton is a, it's a, it's just something else. But with Charles Leclerc, it feels more like, okay, yeah, it makes sense for him to battle Verstappen. So I'm very much happy to see that. And in terms of color signs, you know, I don't know. People don't really people don't realize how good Carlos Sainz is. I, I don't know why. Maybe because he just does his job and he moves on with it. But I expect big things from Carlos Sainz this season too. So I'm just excited to see how well Ferrari this is this season because it's it's tiring to seeing two two um two constructors on the at the top. Now that we're going to like get three constructors, it should make F1 more interesting. So week in week out, it's not like we're just seeing Mercedes and. Red Bull in pole position. This time we're going to be seeing 
um, Ferrari. So, so it should, it'll make the the championship quite interesting and dynamic this season. That's why I believe. Just excited for Ferrari, to be honest. Yeah. Thank you very much, um, Famos. Please, let's have um, Fatima and then um, Yemi and Bolaji in that order, please. Okay. So for me, um, I'm I'm glad for Ferrari this year. I've always preferred, as at 2019, 2018, I've always preferred Leclerc to Max before, Max, at, as they were both growing then. And Leclerc was like a good uh, teammate with Sebastian. And I basically thought he would... I had very high hopes for Charles and was thinking he and Max were the future generation and it's something that's the competition keep growing between them but the dynamics have changed with Max and Lewis now. For me I think Ferrari has something that everything always clamors to have, which is healthy competition. Charles and Carlos are they are cool at each other. There's competition existence between both of them, but it's with lesser resentment. There's no resentment. It's just get at it. We are all in for the team. It's really not defined who is the number one or who is the number two. And I think this would also help them in this season. They've come up with a better car as against last season. They've, I think they've all put their foot forward for this 2022. Their testing results are convincing enough, although everyone keeps saying that, like as everyone has reiterated that people say testing is not the defining period, but at least it's still something to show that they are working on the purposing issue. I think they even almost have it stable now. And I'm, I'm very, very positive for Ferrari this year, if not anything. I also think Ferrari is going to be at the tail of Red Bull as well. It's not just going to be the regular Red Bull and Mercedes this year. I think Ferrari would be in the mix and it would not be very defining until maybe middle of the season before we know who is who. But it will be something that both like we are going. To, I, I feel like this year we're going to have three teams training it, training it in for the win. Yeah, so that's my take. Yeah, me please. All right, all right. Uh, yeah. So Ferrari, right? Uh, first, I mean, you guys already know. I'm not really. I'm not a. I'm not a Ferrari fan per se. I'm a Lewis Hamilton fan. I used to support McLaren when he was in McLaren. Then now with Mercedes, or when he joined Mercedes, I was with him. Right. So. Ferrari has always been, I mean, I admire them as a team. Uh, so they've always been like this team that was always opposition, right? Uh, but at the end of the day, it's still a great team. I think the team is in a much better place than it was. You know, they've kind of done away with that number one, number two driver role after like, and you know, that was encapsulated by the bold move of them getting Sebastian Vettel off the team. The way they realized that, come on, Leclerc has the talent and he can do the business for them and it's probably cheaper for them as well. So, I like where the team is today from a mindset, mentality perspective. I'm happy that they have a good car. The car seems very good. Remember all of last season and the season before. I mean, last season when the um, the the scaled wind tunnel time um, regimen was in place, which they had a lot more time, right? So I'm sure that it's clear that they used that time wisely. Uh, and you know, for a team like Ferrari with the kind of infrastructure, the powerhouse that they are, I expect them to you know have the season unlock because. You know, them having that much time compared to Mercedes and Red Bulls, equivalent to imagine Mercedes having as much time to develop the car, this year's car, right? And so I expect them that. And if you notice, throughout the uh, test, I don't think they brought a significant upgrade to the test. Like, I mean, Mercedes bought one in Bahrain, 
Um, Mercedes and um, Red Bull bought another one on the last day of, of Bahrain, right? And, you know, that transcends the performance of Red Bull. Ferrari were pretty much the same launch. The car they launched was pretty much the car that they, they, they used all to the We haven't really seen them, even from an update perspective. And I expect them to start bringing updates because we still have, just have more development time. But guess what? They're as, you know, equally equipped and as skillful as as the, the two teams in front of them. So that gives them a massive, massive advantage going into the season. In terms of, uh, you know, the two drivers, right? Uh, I like the fact that, you know, Sainz was able to step up to Leclerc, you know, last season. And I, in my mind, like, last, going into last season, I felt that Sainz would do that, and that's just what he did, right? Leclerc is also a brilliant driver. Like, I think, uh, you know, that sets a very, very interesting context into this season. Uh, I think Leclerc will have the edge. Like, like he'll have the edge over, like, over Sainz. But that, uh, I think, will be very close. And I think I, I would like to also just, you know, put one more thing. The rules that we have, the aerodynamic rules we've got right now are like I haven't seen this configuration of aerodynamics, this ground effect, like significantly significant focus on ground effect dynamic um, aerodynamics since like the 70s, right? So this is the first time in a very long time that the you know the the way these cars behave, you know, fundamentally like are changing, right? So and I think that bodes well for racing because what we've seen anyway is based on testing that these cars are able to follow each other very well in the corners. Uh, you know, so I think from a racing perspective, I expect that this year, um, I expect Leclerc, uh, Sainz, and even the, the other four, like the four guys in the two teams, like in you know, Mercedes and, and Red Bull, I expect it to be a very, very dynamic, vigorous fight. I think it's, I think it's going to be very, very excited, uh, you know, because you can pull it out. There's no dirty air issue where maybe a car is faster than your car and then you, when you get behind the car and then like your tires just die like all of that has been eliminated so even if any car has an advantage this year there's still a chance for the guys behind to you know to follow and if, if the driver is really good and is able to you know utilize the car properly there might be that outside chance you know for a good race and things like that so I'm very optimistic for Ferrari I'm not a Ferrari fan but I'm optimistic and I and if you know, Mercedes is down bad, you know, based on what we've seen in testing. Like, if they don't pull out the goods this year, I will be supporting Ferrari. Uh, you know, I mean, I'll be, I'll be supporting them. Not support, but like, I'll be rooting for them to to take the cons- constructors and I'll be rooting for either the Clerk or Sainz to, to take the title. Right. Thank you very much, yeah. I mean, so um, let's have Balaji then out in that um, other place. Okay, thank you so much, everyone. So for me, I think Ferrari is the team to beat. At the moment, if they were to hand out the titles right now, they should just give it to Ferrari and Carlos Sainz because the times they've been posting, man, they're scary. So it's taking me back to 2019, you know, before they, they were not for cheating. But, man, like, the times are really scary. According to, like, you know, sources, they said the time that was set at the final push lap from Ferrari, they were actually running higher fuel and the lower engine setup. But yet, you know, Max barely beat them. And Max was on lower field and the high engine mode. So that tells you the kind of pace that they have on lock. Unlike uh, the previous speakers, I think he missed it. You know, they didn't bring any major upgrade. So, you know, the car they launched weeks ago is the same car that we saw in Barcelona, same car we saw in Paris. So that tells you the confidence that, you know, Ferrari has in that car. They're not, you know, looking for special upgrades in one corner or trying to give them that like, they know what they've done. And since last season, you know, we've been hearing that, oh, they have made serious gains with their engines, with their energy recovery systems, with the new sustainable fuel that everyone is using, like Shell gave them 
one special eating kind of feel and you know they've been able to hack it since last year so really like at the moment they are the, the favorites going next to Bahrain but sure you know, like we've all like we all know from that one testing really doesn't show the clear picture but if that's a give out that was right now they have won it and then like you missed the of signs man. like he came in to a different team so I think that's what people don't get so he moved to change things and was able to beat you know, the increments driver. But for whatever reason, okay, Lika had bad luck, all of that. But at the end of the day, head to head, Carlos Sainz won. So if I'm to even put my money on any, like, on the super heavy drivers, like I'll put my money on him because not. For him to come into a new team, well, Lika already kind of established his, you know, dominance over the washed up four time world champion. And Sainz came in and still beat him. That's, that's amazing. So really, I, Sure, I'm a Mercedes fan, I'm a Lewis fan, but like I'm keeping an eye out for Ferrari because the, the current uh, hierarchy of the order at the moment is Ferrari 1, Red Bull 2, Mercedes 3. So it's going to be exciting. Let's see. Thank you very much, Bolaji. Can we have um out, please? And then um, if you still want to, um, because we'll be moving on quickly to Red Bull and um, Mercedes because... We'll both be discussing that um together because they've both they are both will I say the protagonists in this um you know so um we'll be moving on to Al you know and um just before we leave Ferrari finally if you know you want to um speak about Ferrari you, you know just um please raise your hand up and then we'll bring you up thank you so yeah good evening again um. Ferrari has been the, the most impressive team in testing and right now they post the fastest car and like Larry said, if um, qualifying was this week they'll do easily get a front wheel lock up and have one too but I feel like Ferrari can have what it takes to win but if they are not going to win, I feel like they'll be their biggest enemies, like they were in 2018 and 2017 where they had the faster car but they didn't know what they were doing towards the end of the season um, um, since Vettel and um, Germany 2018. And then in 2019, they were they had the fastest time in precision until they got to um, Australia and Mercedes had the fastest car. So yes, Ferrari is good and yes, they pose the fastest ta- car right now. But who knows, we might get to Barry next week and it is Hamilton Russell lock, uh, front for lockup or it is Verstappen Checo and um, they're a little further back because They've been imp- since they've been impressive. Other teams will obviously be looking at them, and Mercedes and Red Bull that know they have to catch up would try and get as more upgrades or as much, um, try and increase their um speed and do what they do in order to catch up with them. So, right now, Ferrari poses greater threat, and plus, Ferrari might have to pick a driver to back up. And it seems like Benotto favors Leclerc more than he will favor. Signs and that, in my opinion, would be the wrong choice because Signs has proven time and time again that he's a very consistent driver from his days in McLaren and um, Renault. So yes, if they are to give anybody their their utmost backing, it should obviously be Carlos Signs. And yes, if they back Signs and their precision test pace is for real, I can see Carlos Signs being the world champion. Thank you. Thank you. That's a very uh, strong take. Okay, so I think uh, we've got some um, people, so we'll just bring them up. Um, Famo, go ahead while um, I bring up the other. Um, I, I thought we are moving on to Red Bull already. Okay, so um, let me see if um, they want to um, 
I believe it's for Red Bull. But okay, we are moving on to um, Red Bull and um, Mercedes, please. Um, you know, both went into last season, you know, and one came out on top. Or uh, rather, I'll say um, both in return got something back because one won the constructors while the other won the um, drivers and world championship, you know, in Max Verstappen, you know. So, um, I would say going into this season with new regulations, new um, um, cars, you know, new um, generation of cars, from Red Bull, you know, um, they've been hiding a lot. You know, I feel that um, going into Bahrain next week, they are going to bring, there will be a few um, visible adjustments to um, an upgrade to their car. You know, which is like my um, opinion, you know, because I feel Red Bull have, they are keeping their um, cards very close to um, their chest, you know, which is, um, which is understandable, you know, because um, Mercedes have, Mercedes at the moment are looking like the ones that, that are the big boys, you know, they are raising show that, you know, with the um, no side pods, you know, so, um, Looking at um both teams, yeah, can we um can we get um views on everyone? And then please, I'll try to um let's try to um be quick as possible, you know, because of time, and then so that everyone can get to um speak on this topic, please. So um so in this order, it will be um Famo Yemi um Bashir then um Fatima. Abdulatif Dembolaji, please. Then um, I'll bring on the next set of people. So please. Um, yeah, go on. Yeah, thank you, F1. This is what I've been waiting for. This might seem, this my people. So first things first, I'll just jump off the gate and say Max Verstappen is going to be winning his second championship this season, clearly. And the first reason I'm going to say that is because the other two people, the, their biggest flaw is going to be the fact that they won't have necessarily a number one driver. Where in the case of uh, my team, we have a clear Batman and Robin Hood. And it's, I have a saying where like, it's, it's always easier to be Batman than to be Robin Hood, you know? So with what Perez did last season, and that uh, was just his first season. Sorry, Famo, please let me just quickly say something. Um, yeah. Guys, I can see your request. So um, I just want um some of the speakers to finish, then I'll bring them down, then um, I'll bring you guys up. So please, um, yeah, carry on, please. Yeah, as I was saying, uh, with what Perez did last season, it really impressed me, you know. It really it really helped Red Bull. And I feel like this season is not a season where just one one person and one car can just do it all, like Hamilton almost did last season without with very little help from both of us. You genuinely need your partner to help you if you're going to win a championship. Where in the case of like Ferrari and uh, Mercedes, this not a clear number one. And when I say that in Mercedes too, because that boy George Russell is, is very hungry. He's not going to let Lewis just do as he wants. That boy is going to be a madness this season. When in the case of Red Bull, um Perez is going to help Verstappen a lot. And I think that'll just be the that'll be the difference this season. And I'm just very much excited to see what Max will do this season, man. Because last season it seems like a lot of people are 
um, confused about the fact of what happened in the last race and I said, oh, you only won based on the jury or something. And people are forgetting, like, to, to, win, a, to win a championship is, is like 24 races or whatever. Like, it's a whole season. It doesn't just boil down to one moment. If we're, if we're talking about, like, problems, we can talk about, like, what Firelli did with him with his tires in one race like that. Like, that even makes sense. I don't, like, there are a lot of things, but at the end of the day, I feel like this season is going to be a very clean win for him. And I'm just very much excited for that. And I'm excited to see Perez to play in his role perfectly. Yeah. Uh, Max Verstappen is going to win this season, all in all. Thank you very much. Um, who, um, sorry, who did I say was going? I believe it's... Um, it Yami. Yes, Yami, please. Please, um, I hope you guys um, remember the others because there's so much people. But yeah. Let me just, you know, yeah. say what I have to say, right? Uh, you know, yeah, all these all these Max Verstappen fans and Red Bull fans, you guys have this uh, complex, very complex, man. <laughs> it's, that's a very hot take, man. That Max Verstappen will win clean. Um, I'm going to just fall back on what I said with Ferraris, right? This season is completely different, right? For Max Verstappen or for Red Bull to have another title this season, right? They've got like Rivera Ekada is probably at least a second ahead of of um of of the rest, right? I don't think they've done that. I don't think they will do that. Uh, I was actually quite surprised that they were able to even bring a good car, like a decent car. I mean, obviously, credit to Adrian Neri and his team. Because last year, they were, I hate, it was very clear last year that they put a lot of resources into developing 20, the 2021 car to just give Max every chance he had to, to beat Lewis, right? Uh, which, which you know, obviously, I mean, as a Lewis fan, I mean, that's behind us, right? But ultimately, I think this is in. I don't, I think it's, you know, for me to be able to say, well, Max or Lewis will win, I have to be sure that they, they have the car. Based on testing, right? And I think that's something F1 um, said, right? I don't think it was clear. I think, if anything, it's the opposite, right? Red Bull were the ones flexing muscles. For example, if you look at the last day of testing, which I actually watched and, like, pulled everything, Red Bull were the fastest, right? And they, like, the car was instantly quick. The observations from, from the from, like, side of the track was the car was very, very smooth. It does what the driver wants. On the other hand, Mercedes were really struggling. Yes, they bought, like, the zero side board, but, like, on the track, it didn't, it didn't translate to immediate performance. That said, I think Mercedes will get on top of it. Those guys are not eight and um, back-to-back eight-time world champions for the reason. They understand how to develop a car, you know, all through the season. So they will get on top of it. My hot take on that car is that I think that car, if they get that car to do what they want it to do, I think this season could easily be a walkover for, for Mercedes. Because I suspect what they're trying to do with that car is to, you know, have similar downforce car- characteristics to what they did last year. That is, you know, like have good downfalls also in slow corners. That's something that has been generally lost this year due to the new rules. You know, these new rules, the cars are actually faster on, on the fast corners, but much slower than the previous cars in the slower corners. I think that's what Mercedes' car is trying to do. You know, but we, and I think when they get on top of it, we'll see we'll see how, how that pans out, right? I wouldn't call the championship yet. Like, you know, it, I think this year is going to be it's going to be a, a tight one because just because, you know, like I said, the dynamics have changed. Like, in terms of overtaking, not one driver can can just walk away with it anymore, in my opinion. I think, you know, the, even if you're faster, the fact that, you know, it's easier to overtake, it's easier to follow, means that other cars will have at least a probability to win the race and it will be easier because they can overtake you if you make a mistake and things like that, right? I expect these rules to favor drivers like Lewis, Verstappen, Russell, drivers that know how to overtake, drivers that are, you know, that are very, very, that know how to, to, to they rely on feel and are just extremely talented when it comes to race day, um, you know, race day, um, race craft, right? And I expect that to come to full like, like I said, it'll be a huge battle, right? I won't call the championship until I, you know, I see the first couple of races 
Uh, and that said, it will still be um, a tough one. Uh, I do agree with um, the previous speaker that yes, Russell, you know, Russell's presence in Mercedes will be will be very, um, you know, won't be will be more difficult for Hamilton compared to Perez in in uh, in, in 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 Red Bull. However, I, I feel like that could work both ways because if you know. Lewis has a clear advantage over Russell. We don't know that yet, right? If he does have a clear advantage over Russell, then what will happen is we won't have a situation of, of Bottas not being able to fight with the Red Bulls last season. I think Russell is like, you know, he will he will easily take it to Verstappen and Perez, right? So he, that could actually flip to Mercedes favor if Lewis is able to get a But like I said, man, it's too early to call a championship. If I have to call it now, I'll probably call it for the Ferraris. Uh, thanks. Thank you very much, um, Yemi. So, um, I guess it's um, Fatima. Um, next, please. Oh, I thought it was Bashar. Okay, um, okay. So, um, Bashar. Then, um, I guess it's you. So, Bashar, please. Well, um, adding to what Famo said about the um, uh, Max having his second world championship. Well, I think that's really. It's just an opinion, but I don't think. Max will get his second championship this year because unlike last year, there are a big changes in the rules. And, well, we have um, Perez, Sergio Perez, also saying he wants to participate in the championship this year. So I think it won't be like last year. And also, it's, um, it's a good... Um, it's a good uh, thing to have a team backing his, to have uh, someone like Perez backing his teammate to get the world championship. But also it's an disadvantage for Sergio Perez because it's like the Red Bull team is um, built around Max Verstappen. Like everything is around him. So it's like Max Verstappen is overshadowing um Sergio Perez and maybe I don't know it's kind of reducing what um, Sergio Perez is capable of doing so it's better for um, Mercedes to have two drivers that are competing to have the championship towards the end of the season or middle who clearly has the advantage and more points to get the championship should be focused during that time. But for Red Bull, since from the start of the season, they have their favorite uh, uh, favorite driver and the one that they want to make the championship. And I, I don't know, but I think that's, that's a bit um, um, a bad, bad for um, Sergio Perez to, to be just like a second driver, not really maybe just like follow what the other first one do and also um adding to the um constructor championship um clearly um red bull they are not really interested in the constructor championship they are more um interested in making max verstappen the second uh having his second um championship so to me, in my opinion, I think Mercedes will be the will have the constructor championship this year, or possibly the Ferrari, and hopefully, um, Lewis Hamilton will be the world championship. Thank you. 
Thank you very much. Um, so guys, I just quickly want to say something because we've been here for a while. So um, just um two minutes, please, so that um we can just get it uh moving, please. So um, um, I guess is um Fatima um next, then um Bolaji, then um uh Foundational Titan. Yes, please. So um, yes, please. Let's just keep it moving. Thank you. All right. Okay. So for me personally, one of the things I'm very curious about is how Max handles the pressure of being of defending his title now, because I feel like he has been very used to attacking or having to want to put pressure on Lewis. The attention has basically been to put Mercedes under pressure. But I would love to see how he reacts to handling the pressure of having to defend his title this year. Also, I think it's too early a call to determine who is going to be the driver's world champion. I, I get it that we are all very hopeful and that we have faith in our drivers or we are very optimistic about our favorite driver. But I personally feel like on an objective stand, it's quite very early or too early to call who is going to be the driver driver's world champion this season. Regulations have changed. Everything basically is... Nothing is as cast in stone as it was last season or last two seasons ago. Uh, quite, I'm, I would say I'm quite excited for Red Bull. I thought they will, I didn't expect that they would come up with this much progress with the car as they paid so much at, or they paid so much attention rather to their 2021 car. But it's quite impressive that within the short period they were able to come up with something what's been competitive with. I don't know for me, I, I get the idea behind facing one driver or channeling all resources to one driver, but I guess the idea of Formula 1 being existent with two teams requires the fact that both drivers put all hands on deck to make the constructor cha- Constructors' Championship important. I guess everybody saying George is going to push, Hamilton is hungry, is this, is that. I personally think, because I know even Christian, like Hannah, was is one of the people that's also pushing this mindset. It's also just to push George to say this is the time, get Hamilton off the. I think he's just trying to get in George's head. But I personally feel like this is the first year. I know George will take it for take the kill for it, but I feel like he will be someone that, in as much as he wants to challenge Hamilton, or he will still want to come, be calm a bit to learn what he can, because I feel like he also has longer stay in. Mercedes than Hamilton does right now. It's very I'm and I also hope and pray that Lewis is win its championship. Like he's deserving of it. Even if that's the last one and then you retire or something. I think he's very deserving of it. I think that's my take on Red Bull per se. And I don't know if I've gotten to Mercedes or we are mixing everything all up now. Um, <laughs> that's it. Uh, okay, thank you very much. Um can we have um Bolaji? Next, so actually, Abdul is supposed to speak before this, so Abdul, then he... oh, sorry, Abdul. Okay, um, okay, um, so guys, um, please quickly, can you just um raise up your hand? So I just um, I'll just um say the other, please. So, um, Abdul, so it will be Abdul Bolaji Foundational, um, Titan, um, Sadiq Akasud, and um, Lulu, please. So please, in that order, please try and um, remember your other step. Thank you. So carry on, please. All right, thanks, Bolaji. Um, so for this season, um, Max Verstappen won. MV1 is my bet to retain his championship. And um, 
win further championships in the future. So I actually like the fact that Red Bull was not hyped up all through the winter. People thought, oh, because they spent so much resources in 2021, they wouldn't be there. But we've forgotten two things. We have the brilliance of Adrian Newey. The Honda power unit was very, very good last season. And Honda actually did a madness. And the madness is actually um, continuing. Um, um, Latif, can, Latif, can we come back to you, please? And we'll bring you back up now, please. Because... Um, you're just a bit um, glitching. So, um, Balaji, please, then um, we'll bring Latif back up, please. Okay, thanks. So, I think, um, basically, it's really impressive what Red Bull did, looking at the fact that all through last season, they brought so many upgrades to the RB16B, and yet they were still able to, you know, kind of develop a car that, at the moment, it seems really planted, is well-grounded. Like, when they're just going for the different colors, like, it felt so stable. Even from the onboard, you know, cameras that we, we saw during testing. So I think, yes, everything, you know, I, I kind of have to agree with what most people have said. This is truly, like, if anyone else is ready to challenge it fast, he's been given the car to do that. So, and also, like it's been said, Perez is not going to take any points away from Max. Like, it is almost impossible. This is the same Perez that, you know, Max had an issue with his rear wing and they took Perez's rear wing. So, you know, like, there's nothing to show. Perez can talk to the media and say, oh, he wants to win the championship. That's all fun and games, you know, it's all good for the media. But, like, when, you know, it comes down to who do you want to prioritize, it's, it's definitely Max. So, Perez is not going to take points away from Max, but rather is going to take points away from other drivers trying to block, you know, Lewis or George or Sainz or whoever it is that's trying to, you know, get ahead of the Red Bulls. So really at the moment, Red Bull, they look really impressive. When Adrian Newby told us, I think on Wednesday or Thursday, that's don't worry, you'll see the packages that we're bringing. And you, would, you wouldn't, he said you wouldn't even need, you know, any analysis because it's visible to the naked eye. So that's when I know that shit, you know, this guy's in business. So at the moment, the Red Bulls are like they have everything it takes right now to win the championship. So it's exciting to see how to see Max finally win a legit title. So we'll see how it goes. Thank you uh, very much. Um, who do we have next, please? Um, I believe it's um, I believe it's Hassan. Yeah. Hassan. Okay, um, wow. Uh, yes, wow, sorry. Okay. Yeah, the call came in. Yes. Carry on, so I rose up my hand since, like, the Ferrari discussion. So I just dropped my bits about that first. So for Ferrari, I'm thinking that, like, no, I'm thinking, but, like, Carlos Sainz, it absolutely dominates Charles Leclerc this season, especially with the brilliant design that Binotto has done with the car, the sideboards, everything. I think they have the pace over... Mercedes and Red Bull. And I think now heading to like Red Bull and Mercedes, I think Red Bull are actually way ahead of Mercedes. Mercedes have been struggling for pace. They're still struggling with the proposing issue. I think it's going to be like a whole huge battle for them this season, probably third or fourth on the Constructors' Champions um, table. But like the main battle is going to be between Red Bull and Ferrari. And I don't see Perez becoming a challenge for Max, even though he claims he wants to win the World Drivers' Championship. It's like Botta saying he wants to win the World Drivers' Championship when he was at Mercedes with Lewis. Him and Max are not just at the same level, and Max is going to absolutely clear him. 
And if Max does not clear him, maybe Christian Horner would clear for him either way. But yeah, I'm seeing Max versus Carlos Sainz for World Drivers Champion. And then maybe Leclerc and Perez doing the defensive battles at the back. Uh, that's the thing. Thank you very much. Um, if I'm correct, I believe it's um, Sadiq. Okay, Sadiq, um, please go next. Then um, Lulu, please. All right. Um, thank you for the opportunity. Um, I just, I just want to, uh, um, regarding preseason, you know, um, even the experts say like it doesn't show much, and I'm sure it's been echoed here earlier by uh, the earlier speakers. Um, it's just it, it doesn't really serve historically. It doesn't really serve as a crucial indicator. But then, moving um, on, I didn't get a chance to speak about um, Ferrari. Um, there's something I noticed about Ferrari, and in that 2018-19 seasons where they they were they pushed Mercedes close, um, they had some issues regarding mistakes in strategy. They seem to have um, sorted that out. They've also sorted out the whole um, who is the number one driver and number two driver. You know, I don't think it, they may. They, you may have it on paper that yeah, this is my number one driver. But going into the season, like the first six races, imagine if Max has an awful first five races, and then um, Sergio Perez is like hitting top form, maybe winning or getting pole positions around there, I think eventually the team will shift and see, okay, who do we support? Naturally, you build the car around the person you consider your main driver, but if the other driver is able to extract more from the car, I think the team in its own interest would shift focus at some point, usually halfway through the season, but um, I don't know. It's ironic that uh, at the same time, Red Bull is picking, okay, this is our clear number one driver. Ferrari is kind of like opening it up and it's kind of even, Steven, between um, Charles and um, Carlos. So that's that about the number one and two driver. Um, also, there's something worth pointing out that Mercedes actually shifted focus, I think, after the first four races to develop the 2022 car. And I think... Uh, combine that with the amount of resources Red Bull put into the 2021 car, as uh, I think was it Yemi that said so earlier, and I agree with him. Um, they put so much resources into building that 2021 car, and at the same time, Mercedes shifted their focus to developing the 2022 car. That kind of shifted momentum towards Red Bull. I'm not saying like um, Mercedes is stronger than Red Bull as it is. We won't know until, honestly, I think after the first four races when every team is able to bring some upgrades and then the pack will spread themselves like as they should. So um, this is what I think about um, this debate about who is going to be faster or whatever. Regarding, um, uh, someone said something about George. Listen, George came through Mercedes like through and through, and he knows, he knows. I think there's an understanding there. Um, take your time. Take the first season, second season, learn. I'm not saying if he's better than Lewis, they're going to say no, move aside for Lewis. I think it's going to be, they've always been fair. I think just the other driver has always underperformed compared to Lewis, but 
Um, yeah, I think I think George will play the long and patient game. Uh, he has a lot to learn from Lewis, and he knows that. So, I mean, we'll just see when the first race comes. I don't think it will tell us much as well. I don't think I'll be making any predictions until after, like, the first four races. So that's my take on it anyway. Thank you. Thank you very much, um, Sadi. Can we have um, Lulu, please? Then um, Jibola. Then um, yeah, yeah, me after that. So please. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, please. Um, Sadiq, Sadiq literally said pretty much everything I wanted to say. Uh, Sadiq, well done. Um, I think that like Red Bull, Mercedes haven't fully shown their hand in testing. And obviously, the manner in which Abu Dhabi ended gets them slightly ahead of everybody else because they have a point to prove now. They've probably worked harder than everybody else behind the scenes to make sure that they have the better package going into Bahrain. Um, I do recall that on, I think, was it second to the last day of testing? The second day of testing, um, Russell refused to get into the eighth gear, which obviously means they're trying to hide something. And the same can be said for Red Bull as well. They may be hiding something. They may be an, an, an upgrade to the package. But I feel as though somehow, it's not like an official prediction, but I still feel as though somehow, somehow, Mercedes is still the team to beat. That said, um, Perez and Red Bull would have to, uh, Perez, and, Perez and Russell would have to be the best team players ever because their other teammates would need them a lot. So I get the feeling that whoever it is that goes home with the championship at the end of the year, would go home solely because the other driver on the team has helped the quote-unquote first driver or quote-unquote the better driver. Um, with Ferrari, historically, they always have good testing. I mean, bar maybe one or two years, they always have good testing. So I'm not overly excited about this, the pace that they've shown. I'm more excited about how they can bring that package into races and into the so-called Mercedes circuits this year because they've obviously struggled there a lot. Um, Leclerc, signs interesting lineup. I get the feeling that Leclerc might shade it a little bit because Leclerc is slightly, slightly, ever so slightly more consistent than Sainz. Uh, Verstappen, Perez, I don't think Perez is going to outscore Verstappen even if Verstappen was driving one hand all, all year long. Um, like... Sadiq rightly said, Russell is going to play the long game. He's going to learn a lot from Lewis. He's going to be, he's going to be some sort of Bottas, but a more consistent Bottas for Lewis this year in terms of being the second man or the wingman. And he understands that because give or take, if Lewis decides to pack his bags in two years' time, everybody knows that the number one driver at Mercedes will be Russell. And wherever it is that's coming has to accept that or at the very least match Russell in terms of ability racecraft and consistency um finally made the better team win or made the best team win but for me no predictions yet until maybe after bahrain bahrain will be a really interesting race and i feel as though it'll be a, it'll be an opportunity for a lot of teams to actually put their foot down and say we're here to stay and we're stamping our authority in this particular part of the table so good luck to everyone and thanks again i really enjoyed this one Thank you very much, um, Lulu. So, can we have um, Gibola? So, we'll have Gibola, um, then Ore, Gibola, Ore, Imadi, then um, Abdul Latif, please, in that order. Thank you. 
Okay. Um, so the way it's looking now, the way it's looking after um, the two preseason testings, it seems um, Ferrari is ahead and then Red Bull. So I think for Mercedes, especially with this new no side pod, side pod design, I think there's something there to unlock. And I'm sure they must have done all the computations and all of that. So there's obviously potential within that car. So they just need to understand how to use it. But I think maybe for the first couple of races, it will be between Ferrari and Red Bull. But um, so because it's a whole new car and new regulations and all of that, I think both drivers in each team has to like really be cooperative. There can't be one dominant driver for like the beginning or like all through because it's in as much as each person wants to win the driver's construct driver's championship rather the team also wants to win the constructors championship so i think each team would have to would have to like ensure both drivers are pulling maximum efforts and um for mercedes for george i don't think george is going to be a major problem for them i think he's just going to do his own thing be as supportive as he can because i'm sure what toto would have told him and from obviously him being in williams for that long he would know that okay he's meant to be the um what's it called basically when lewis leaves he's meant to like rise into that platform so he's just there right now to like observe from the second seat see how the team works see how lewis gets the team and all of that but I think for most of the season, it, it will probably be between Red Bull and Ferrari. I don't really have lots of expectations for Mercedes, unfortunately. I'm hoping that the preseason testing results are just testing results, not really the actual events. Because from what I have seen, I, I wasn't really pleased or like hopeful that this is Mercedes season or, or anything. But then again, people are saying they're sandbagging it. So you never know. But the way it's looking, I think it's Ferrari or Red Bull, honestly. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, can we have um Aurek um quickly because we'll be looking to round up the space in um ten minutes. So um Aure, Imadi and um Abdulatif, please. Thank you. All right, um because of time I'll just gonna crush through my points. Um first of all I am very, very, very excited for this season because I believe that it's going to be very, very competitive. And I'm just so excited that uh, we are going to have like three teams competing at the top. Like that is something to look forward to. Then um with with Mercedes, I feel like in Mercedes we are we are overhyping ourselves and for some reason underwritten movies. Because I don't know. I don't even feel like Russell will get to a point where he would give Lewis a problem. Like, I think we're forgetting how good Lewis can be. So I don't. I don't think with Russell and Lewis, I don't think like oh there will be a problem there. It's just going to be Lewis straightforward. Then with Ferrari, I think we should all be scared of Ferrari because I don't know, man. I don't think any team prepared as much as they did for this season, and. They are the only team that when they came to Barcelona, I see the same car they came, they brought to Bahrain and they are not even like so much stressing themselves with upgrades because they know that oh what they have is is already good enough for them. And um there's also a point I just to make about Mercedes. I feel like Mercedes, like I don't know why most people are saying it's between Ferrari and Red Bull. I think Mercedes at the end of the day will still shock all of us again. Cause if you remember last season, 
They brought just one major upgrade to Silverstone, and suddenly they became the fastest car on the grid. So, if you give Mercedes from now till next week, they can come to Bahrain with the fastest car, and I won't even be surprised. So, I'm not with with Mercedes. I think it's still going to be Ferrari, Red Bull, and Mercedes. But we should all be scared of Ferrari this season, and I think Ferrari. This is like a bold statement to say, but I think they have the best driver pairing on the grid right now with Charles and um, Carlos. And also with Red Bull, I've been hearing people say that, oh, it's impressive that Red Bull brought a decent car or they brought a good car. I don't know, man. What did you guys expect? It's a competition. Like, people are fighting to win. Just because they were telling you that, oh, we want to win 2021, it doesn't mean they won't like, also do things for 2022 and secondly man we all know what Enjanui can do like he's always the king of chassis most of Red Bull's problem has been engine since all this while so and we all knew like okay maybe not all of us but I knew Red Bull was going to come up with something but I don't I don't know why it's impressive or like surprising for like a lot of people but I just did not know what we were expecting or what most people were expecting regarding what Red Bull would bring so at the end of the day I'm just really excited for this season. I just want it to be competitive, man. I don't want anybody dominating. I want them to fight for like let it be a proper, a proper competition. Although my my personal bias, I want Max to win as much as possible races, but I just want competition, man. I I eat I boring races with my life. I just want competition. Like let it be tough. We can't say, oh, is it that going to be Max or Lewis? Let's let us think before we know oh, who we win. But I feel we should be scared of Ferrari for this season. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, all right, can we have um Imadi, please? And then um Abdul Latif. Thank you. All right, yeah, good evening. Um personally it's been it's been fun listening to everyone, especially Mercedes fans, talk about um Ferrari is first, the Red Bull is second, and all that kind of a thing. Like in our group today, I actually shared a picture showing um, Lewis, and since 2017, 2018, 2019, up to 2021, saying they are behind and testing, they are this, they are that, and then they turn up with the first trace with either a ve- the fastest car or a very, very competitive car. So, and um, Ross Brown also said something during testing, I think that was on um, Thursday. He said, the time is going to be gained in the slow corners this season. And the GPS data from testing has showed Mercedes is still the fastest in the slow corners. So all Mercedes has to do is sort out pop poison. Then one other um, journalist showed a video of um, Max's fastest lap. And then he showed that Red Bull has actually not even sorted out their pop poison, but they raised the rake of their car and Max was able to um, get the performance from there. So if Mercedes actually sorts out theirs, they will be the fastest car. So, and um, this is, Mercedes is known to always run with very high fuel and testing. Even when they are doing their performance, their push-laps, they always run with so much fuel and testing. So why are we suddenly downplaying Mercedes and putting them toward their most, I don't know their position and I'm just like most of you not going to make a prediction right now. But from seeing those who are in the paddock who have been with these teams over the years, analyzing them and seeing the GPS data especially and knowing where time is going to be gained, I honestly would not even put Mercedes toward that. I would not be surprised if they come. It's going to be a shock, but I would not honestly be surprised if they come and blow everybody away in Bahrain. 
Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much, um, Imadi. Can we have um, Abdul Latif next, please? All right, thank you. Um, so what I was just about to say is that Red Bull have, in the, if you're ranking all three teams, all three contenders now, I would actually say Mercedes are the team to beat. And um, I want you all to just disregard them, speakers like Bolaji and Hassan, who were lying through their teeth, obviously, that Mercedes are going to be third. Now, just forget all, forget all that. Mercedes are the Constructors' Championship. They've won it for almost 10 years in a row now. They are a very, very good team, and they've shown in 2014 that they can get on top of regulations. But what gives me confidence and hope in Red Bull is that we have a driver who is incredibly consistent, who has tuned up his game. We have Adrian Newey, who is an aero god, and we have the Honda engine, which did a madness last year and will continue to do a madness this year. And all that, and we don't, in Red Bull, there's no inter-team struggle for who's going to be the team lead, who's going to be this, who's going to take points of the other. So all this will help Red Bull in their quest for the title. And um, yeah, that's that. this is just what would help them. And um, just to put it again, testing may not really show the true picture because everybody sandbags. We all know Mercedes sandbag a lot. They lie a lot. But testing also shows quite a bit. If you have reliability problems in testing, well, I'm sorry for you. And last year, <clears throat> last year, Red Bull showed that, okay, fine, we have the engine. Max was stopping testing. And it immediately showed that, yes, Red Bull is a serious team and they are the contenders. So it's still going to be very, very dicey this season. And um, the first few races would reveal a lot because the first two tracks are tracks where Mercedes have won in the past. I mean, Saudi was just the first last year and they won. And Bahrain, Mercedes have been pretty dominant in Bahrain. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see how it goes. And especially for the street circuits. I think we have more street circuits this year, which um, Red Bull are usually good at. So that's where the title may be won or lost. And also... For the final point, um, Mercedes had their spicy engine last year. We know how strong their spicy engine was, but Max was still able to deliver the title and was still able to deliver several good performances. So we don't necessarily need the fastest car to win again. We can win with the slowest, second fastest car. And um, yeah, that just gives me hope to say that MV1 will still retain his world championship. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, okay, um, just um, uh, okay, we'll come back. Um, Imade, I see your hand is up. Um, guys, um, just quickly before we round up the space, um, we'll just be taking um a few more before we close the space. So, um, Imade, please go on. Yeah, I just wanted to add something, um, more to what I said. Um, do you know what it? takes for a team to just decide they don't need air they, they they don't want side pods like that team actually has discovered something and they are going to blow people away uh, probably lewis will be winning by some 30 seconds some just like seb was doing in 2013 i would not be surprised so for a team to decide they don't actually need side pods and they just want to make their car as streamlined as possible that car has little to zero um, aero di disturbance is practically streamlined. So that car is going to, once they get, once they sort up their purpose issue, that car is going to be very fast. Yeah, thank you. 
Thank you very much, um, Imadi. Thank you. Um, Akasu, um, please, um, can we um, have you? Can we have you um, next, please? Okay, yeah. Um, thank you, everyone. And um, um, very nice to have all these discussions, seeing a lot of angles, a lot of views, a lot of, I mean, learning new things. Yeah, so uh, I'll just start with the fact that um, Perez putting in a lot of help for Verstappen does not reduce his glory um, because the thing is, if, if Perez is not at the top, he's useless to he's useless to Max. If Perez is somewhere tenth, he's useless to Max. It can't be, it can't be um, stopping. It can't be like giving troubles to Lewis from eighth, from ninth. He can only be doing that if he's also at the top at, at that position. So. Uh, maybe, maybe not, but I don't think it, it reduces um, um, what is what is meant to achieve. Although we've seen practically in some in some scenarios whereby he, I mean, he literally gave out his arm. So yeah, there's that part. Now, um, secondly, is um, Mercedes like what what said? They sandbag a lot. Uh, I mean, I, I for one, I'm I'm tired of the, the car is so slow. Those guys have pace. Uh, I don't want to be the Lewis hater. I don't hate him. I respect him a lot. But I mean, I'm personally just tired of it. Um, this uh, they are too fast. They are too. Fast. Brazil was so. I think all those ones are past. We should just look forward. But I mean, I'm seeing all these all these testing results, and I just know in my heart somewhere that all these things are just to make it very very nice when they come out in Bahrain and just say that oh they've been able to do this. They've been something is just hiding and something is just hidden. Although, of course, the car is not best, but I mean, something is just somewhere that we know Mercedes, Mercedes, you don't expect Mercedes to be seated somewhere there. So it's just to make the story sweet and someone is just going to come and come out to it still we rise barren because, yeah, they're they are just going to rise. And thirdly, it's nice to see an era whereby we all know Mercedes was the favorite. Mercedes is the favorite of this particular era. It's nice to see an era whereby a lot of people are coming up. A lot of drivers are, are, are you can actually see how good how good a driver is. Uh, uh, a lot of people are just very 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 amazing, and we'll see them come up. And lastly, uh, I'm a Christian Honor guy. I mean, there's just a lot of fun troubling this 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 Mercedes and Lewis. There's a lot of fun seeing seeing all those mistakes, the pressure. The, I'm not going to say the downfall, but yeah, I mean, if you are going up, someone has to come down. The person is up, you know. It's a lot of fun just seeing all these things um from the back and doing a lot of troubling and making sure that that name Mercedes and Lewis is not just far from your mouth. And of course, Max is winning. Yeah, cheers everyone. Uh, you guys can do a lot of the good talk, the technical you know mention of those things that people don't see but for for me yeah just let's, let's just see max win and you can take the constructors championship let's just see max win and let's see one guy drop to whatever he is cheers everyone thank you um oh the guy that was going to speak has um gone so um thank you very much um okay um lastly um kube so um quickly just before we close this place please let's just say what you have to say yeah, before we close, I just want to address the Mercedes side pause issue. I just I don't know. Like the day that I saw them bringing that side pause, like, no, this team has seen something. Because 
their issue right now, I watched the whole day three of the preseason testing in Bahrain. I was like, I just didn't understand what they were trying to do, whether they're going for performance issue or long runs or something. But I think they will, they will definitely come back with a, with a very different car. Like of, their issue right now is the purpose, whether to go with a high ride height or or something. I just don't know what they want to do. But we just we are just hoping that maybe they will come with a different car. And I and I know that they will definitely say well, it's like of <laughs> winning eight eight constructors title in a row is not an easy job or it's not something that needs to be sleep on or something. They will definitely show up. Like because they, they have done it and they will surely do it. Okay, I'm I'm done. Uh, thank you. Okay, so guys, um, first of all, um, okay, Sadiq, your hand is up. Okay, Sadiq, you're the last person for the night, please. Yeah, <clears throat> thank you. Um, can I just say, just on a lighter note, that um, uh, I I would really like us to have a season without the drama queen Christian Horner in being doing what he does best. Okay, <laughs> thanks. Um, thank you very much, Sadiq, for your um, input. So, um, guys, um, as you all know, we've, um, the space will be continuing um, every race weekend, you know, so um, we'll be having the post-qualifying um, session and then um, the after after um, the Grand Prix, we'll be having um, another space session. So, um First of all, so want to um, thank you guys again for joining us this evening. You know, it's been a very um, fun session for every one of us. You know, we appreciate your inputs and um, your feedback, you know. Thank you very much. And then um, we look forward to um, having this um, session again next week, um, Saturday. So um, also, if you would like to um, support us, please just um, click um, or click the link in our bio and then um yeah so thank you very much again guys see you all in um barry next week saturday after calling have a good week ahead thank you very much